22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Happy middle of January to you, wherever you're listening from. Welcome to another Shoot from the Hip edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 74. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and joining me as always is the man who is the Tonto to my Lone Ranger, MFG Mike the Finance Guy. Tonto? He's more like bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Good news, everyone. There's a report on TV with some very bad news. (laughs) Ah uh, yes, I, I felt like that for like half of my teen years when I was growing up. Looking at <laughs> looking at the news, I'm like, it's all bad. And my father's like, keep watching. Well, that's what <laughs> it happens. gets worse. <laughs> it gets much worse. That's what happens when you grow up during the Middle Ages. Oh. Now I don't feel bad saying this next joke, because <laughs> I, 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 I wrote only to stay with this analogy. But now, fuck you, Ralph. <laughs> also with us is the man who would probably be our silver. To my Lone Ranger, <laughs> more like Pinto. That's that's Tonto's Tonto, horse. Tonto's horse with Pinto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so he's he's both of them. RT Square, Ralph the Tech. You know, I'm in a like really massive game of hide and seek with the Grim Reaper. He hasn't found me yet, but I'm cluing him in every day, <laughs> <laughs> leaving Twitter hints. <laughs> Here's an address. It's not a hint. <laughs> You'll never find me. All right, all right, all right. Um, th- um, the audience might be wondering why the hokey um, cowboy theme. Well, the reason why I chose that is because today we're going to be reviewing Quentin Tarantino's new movie, The Hateful Eight. But before we do that, we're going to discuss the Marvel series that was said to change the landscape of the Marvel Universe. We will be discussing Secret Wars, and not the one from the 80s, the one that was... <laughs> we'll talk about that. I don't want to get into The decade-long one from last year? Oh, the decade, right? <laughs> Was it really a secret war? It was more. Like yeah, it a... wasn't. There was no secret about it at all. <laughs> um, before you get into the quick news, I just wanted to say this week was definitely very interesting. For the first time ever, I was on a different podcast. It felt very weird. Traitor! No, I'm not a traitor. Why I... did you come back? <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have me. <laughs> now they know how we feel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the first time, I didn't stutter, but they didn't give me enough airtime. That's probably why. So, <laughs> for those who don't know, um... is that the trick? <laughs> wow. <laughs> the mic cut the Shush. mic <laughs> my wife and i were on oh, stop <laughs> my wife and i were on the um four live wrestling podcast to discuss um the recent events that have been happening in wrestling so it's my first time that we did a. I told you i'd be on four life podcast I, I wasn't the host but i was on there okay so shout out to my guy the four life podcast seven in a row i believe it is so far nice without any gaps so keep up the good work bosh and cheyenne um, it was just really cool, but I mean, I missed you guys and I pumped you guys up. I mean, yeah, so, whatever. But they, but they would say they said my name like every three minutes. <laughs> I'm like, so, like we go off the air. I'm like, really, Bosh? <laughs> He's like, no, but I know you were so and so. I'm like, oh come on, yeah, <laughs> it's a code name, code name, code name. So now, if you want to know the cap's real name, go on to forecast Donald Trump forecast uh, for life podcast. Oh, we can only depend on you to yeah. to lead people astray. <laughs> The cap's uh, real name is Donald Trump. No, no, no. First off, I, 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 I'm not balding. I'm bald. Big difference. <laughs> and he's not as bronze as Donald Trump, uh, or as, or as rich, <laughs> or as senile, or as um racist. No, I'm kind of racist, I guess. No. Wow. <laughs> he admitted it. You heard it. I'm not racist. You Episode seventy four. I just have, a, I have an off color sense of humor. Ha <laughs> ha. Off color. All right. <laughs> You're not racist. All right. All right. Let's. You hate every race equally. There you go. Equal opportunity. <laughs> But first, before we even get into all the Secret Wars and Hateful Eight, let's allow Mike to either shine up some nice gossip 
or shit on your dreams of something you're waiting for to come out in the theater. Let's um let's go to the quick news. And now the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Kyle. All right, let me start by uh, saying uh, welcome aboard to Barshim. Ah, Barshim. I think, yeah, I think he, uh, hopefully he, you like us and you stick with us. And uh, if you like us, tell everybody. <laughs> what if he didn't listen to this, um, to this far in the episode? Oh, well, then uh, to hell with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he won't hear it, so it won't matter. <laughs> exactly. All righty. Waldo is passe. The internet is more curious about where's Ray. It's been a month since the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens, yet fans are still not seeing the movie's heroine on most of Disney's film-related merchandise. The newest Star Wars Monopoly, for instance, features four playable characters from the film, Finn, Kylo Ren, barely seen Luke Skywalker, and for seemingly no reason, Darth Vader. Uh, and even Target is selling a set of large action figures that includes Chewbacca, Finn, Poe Dameron, Kylo Ren, and a generic stormtrooper, as well as a generic TIE fighter pilot. Now, don't think that Ren is the only female that's been left out. Merchandise is also slim to none for the female chrome-plated stormtrooper, Captain Phasma. What's uh, up with Disney in that? Yo, that's what I'm wondering. I'm like... You would have thought that a company like Disney, who actually has a, an entire line of characters. Princesses. Yeah, a ca- line of characters. <laughs> they know they got the female people watching this Yeah, they, they, they know who their target audience is, but right. it's like, so wait, so you couldn't do this for Star Wars because you think that girls won't be interested? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that's what they're saying, but right. it seems like it. That's what it feels like. I mean, a lot of their claim uh, originally with the merchandise with Ray was that they were like, well, we didn't want anyone to understand how big of a point uh, plot point that she was in the movie and i'm like i call bullshit yeah i mean that's just having a character in a monopoly set doesn't mean that they're like the biggest thing i mean she's evidently the star of a star of the film you saw that in the commercial right (laughs) you know you can look at that and the credits listed in imdb and you can see her on the poster right so it's not like she's a secret exactly yeah i didn't understand it it, it, it's just them realizing they fucked up and trying to cover their asses because now stuff is coming out what happened was they were trying to get into talks with barbie to market a you know Barbie. a Ray like Barbie doll, but Barbie's like fuck no, we do Barbies, not Star Wars. <laughs> Is <laughs> I was that really what went on? I was waiting for something a little bit more than that, Ralph. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> over I, my blonde fucking tan body or some shit like that. I, I, I kind of toned it down. There was a lot of cursing. There were some dolls being thrown. What, what are we doing? Feces was around there. What are we like, doing? A PG thirteen version, which I'll get to my little reference in a second. <laughs> yeah. you, you'll see what I mean. I think Ralph knows what I'm talking about. No, I have no. Okay, so when I mention it, you'll be like, "Oh shit!" So, <laughs> Mike, what else you got? All right, uh, maybe Marvel. Marvel is trying to tell us that Tony Stark hates. Anyone with a military title. Uh, in the upcoming Marvel comic book event, surprisingly named Civil War II, uh. Iron Man is pitted against Captain Marvel in a philosophical debate over personal accountability. According to uh, Marvel's official, official synopsis, quote, a mysterious new Marvel character comes to the attention of the world, one who has the power to calculate the outcome of future events with a high degree of accuracy. This predictive power divides the Marvel heroes on how best to capitalize on this aggregated information with Captain Marvel leading the charge to, uh, to profile future crimes and attacks before they occur and Iron Man adopting the position that punishment cannot come before the crime, end quote. That ah, was, so, so, they're switching, I, so they're switching Tony Stark's role where before yeah, he was... Surprisingly. He was, yeah, well... Surprisingly he was Hitler. Now he's, I don't know, not Hitler. So <laughs> is, my, is that who it is? Not Hitler? <laughs> my question. They restarted the universe, right? So wouldn't it just be Civil War? Uh, was there not one? for the bookshelf? <laughs> well, I mean, just because you restarted the universe doesn't mean other events didn't happen. You know, it's not like it's day one in the universe, but we've really jumped way ahead of ourselves. 
Well, um, we'll get to that in a yeah. second, what Ralph's referring yeah. to. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the story will be written by Brian Michael Bendis. And Bendis was quoted by the New York Daily News saying, quote, people's personal accountability is the theme of this one from the way cops are acting on camera to the way people talk to each other online, end quote. Other news reports that the conflict will escalate with gasp one Marvel hero oh, me one Marvel hero killing another. Wow. Yeah. During the plotting phase of the books, both Spider-Man and Human Torch were name dropped for sacrifice, but Bendis and editor in chief Axel Alonso opted on a mystery character instead. So I just can't wait to see what minority they up, um, offer up as sacrifice this time. Squirrel girl, no. Please, I oh, no. <laughs> if we if we only had control, but you know what? I, okay. <laughs> I kind of like that, though. I kind of like doing a whole social conscience kind of a thing. I just wish they didn't call it Civil War 2. Right, exactly. You know, and, it's just, and not it's make it Iron Man. No, make, it, yeah. make Captain Marvel, make it somebody else, and then, you know, call yeah. it a day. You know, yeah. old wrinkly Captain America's going to make an appearance. Tony, I told you, you got to be on this side. Leave the cap alone. Go Leave back, that cap alone. Go back to the room before I won't change your diapers for another week. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, his bottles look okay. I mean, that, 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 that bottom half of his suit doesn't look super bulky, so he's good. <laughs> Unless he's changing very regularly, then it's another story. <laughs> exactly. I just, I just can't believe I spoke about old man poo. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, remember when we reviewed the first episode of CBS's Supergirl, and I said that the writers did a poor job of creating a female hero who stood on her own terms? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, episode 13 of the Maiden of Might series will be based on the highly acclaimed Alan Moore Superman story I read for this. the man who has everything. Now, for the hoes at home that never read The Wonderful Tale, which was published in Superman Annual number 11 back in 1985... You might have seen it played out in the Justice League Unlimited episode of the same story name. This is the one where Mongol gives Superman a birthday gift of an alien plant called the Black Mercy. Thank you, Black Doom, <laughs> which psychically attacks the Man of Steel. It has not been announced which Supergirl villain will cause her this grief or if any other hero will play a role in the story. Wow. Okay. I mean, I love the story. Not too sure about having Supergirl, re- you know, having... Having her doing this story. It's not, I don't care that it's her doing it. I'm like, no, can no, you I'm, just come up with original no, material that's, that's for this I'm, woman? That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm upset about it because it's like, well, could we like write something else for her? Or yeah, like, something that's hers? Yeah. You know, they keep throwing me out of that writing room and I keep suggesting great ideas. Yeah, the wet t shirt contest just wasn't going to fly. It on could the, work. CBS. <laughs> it could work. Could, couldn't Supergirl and so and so, fill in the blank there, um, be in a, a burlesque fight? Why not? She she can go undercover in a burlesque club, you know, to try to find the criminal. This is like Charlie's Angels with flight. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's it's CBS, so even if you show a little bit of cleavage, that should fly away. Yeah. That's that's their way of blurring it out. But yeah, no, but I agree. I mean, why why go for a Superman story that's that's a a very popular Superman story instead of writing their own? But I mean, but. Didn't yeah. you say before that, that a lot of Supergirl comic books were not, you know, the writers weren't known to, like, you know, tear the, tear the roof off? Well, I mean, it, nobody cared that much. I mean, she was, she was an iconic character in a certain way, but, I mean, Supergirl was never Superman. Right. It's just like Batgirl was never Batman. I mean, it's just, it, it, they, you know, they got decent writers. Maybe you were lucky if you got a good story, and then, you know. But even Batgirl, you, can, but even Batgirl you can even go to, well, then again, it's a Batman story. I was like, even Batgirl you can go to. The killing joke where she gets shot. I'm like, well, no, actually, that's Batman's story. Right, so. she just happened to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. anyhow, uh, it looks like it's time to say TTFN to TNT's TS. That's right. Ta-ta for now to TNT's Titan series. Wow. The cable network has opted out of the one-hour live action drama that would have been based on the younger heroes and characters of the DC comic universe. Hmm, I wonder if, D- if Teen Titans Go had anything to do with it. Um, I mean, that's still on the air. That has nothing to do with that part. But, yeah, I mean, well, TNT was just, I, I think they're just 
they're probably like, you know, how much longer is the superhero thing going to go? Probably the amount of money they have to spend. I mean, I don't know. No, 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 that's, that's, def- it. that's definitely a good point. It's one of the things I always wonder. The idea yeah. of how much longer is this, um, this uh, I don't want to say golden age, but this beautiful modern age of superhero love going to go on. Yeah, right, exactly. yeah I'm, wait- I'm waiting for the bottom to fall out and... Um, Old Navy to no longer sell superhero t-shirts and Target to not have like these great t-shirts. Like they're just gonna have like plain white t-shirts from now on. Yeah, no, I agree. So I mean, maybe that's the reason. But they didn't offer a reason. They just said it's just not on the table anymore. Maybe it just sucked. Yeah. And (laughs) and while I'm still crushing hopes and dreams like a freshly shaved scrotum under football cleats. (laughs) Wow. Pacific Rim Two is off the table indefinitely at Universal. But but before you think I've completely peed in your cornflakes. Legendary Pictures, the production company that funded the original film, may be in the process of being acquired by a Chinese conglomerate. Now, why is this important? Well, Pacific Rim made more money in China than anywhere else. Uh, And audiences there might push for a sequel. I'm like surprised. Big robots fighting big monsters and China's a big fan of it. I'm looking for it. Well, that would be Japan usually. But yeah, China China likes that also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so well, I mean, well, 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 maybe they'll they'll save him from the fire, and hopefully something yeah. good will come out of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that possibly why, happening. Why must you crush my dreams? <laughs> I live for it. <laughs> I never heard Ralph sound so weak ever, <laughs> ever. I work with the man ever. <laughs> well, so so much for uh, dusting off those dreams. But speaking of dead and buried, TNT announced that it will be rebooting the horror anthology series Tales from the Crypt under the helm of. M. Night Shyamalan. I heard about this. What a this. twist. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, the host with the most bad puns and wicked cackles, um, cackles <laughs> a.k.a. the Crypt Keeper, will not be part of the new show. And before you ugly, unwashed peasants go storming Shyamalan's castle, the decision is not his. HBO ran the original series and owns the right to that character. Ah. And they ain't letting it go. Ah. Yes. So there you go. Awesome. I got to make a call. Yeah. So they're kind of pulling like a scream move. Yeah, they're just like, hey, it's our character. Make your own. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was what, funny because I read about it, but I don't know about the HBO thing. Yeah. What if they have a character, they call it Son of the Crypt Keeper? Can they do that? I don't know, but probably not. I would imagine if they have rights to the character, then they can't use. Hold the on, hold on. You know, Mike doesn't like kids. Therefore, <laughs> Mike Mike wouldn't go for that anyway. But he skip uh, no, I, I skip said, that story. I said, son doesn't mean he has to be a little kid. We're talking about Mike. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> a spawn of something? No, nope, don't like it. <laughs> hey, look. At least we're getting back tales of the crypts. So I'm looking forward to that. That's Hopefully definitely true. That's definitely true. Now, if you hunchback mongrels are still looking to tear down Shyamalan's tower, here's a bit of news that will get your hemorrhoids burning. His address? Uh, no. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan is insisting that Avatar, The Last Airbender 2, is coming. No. Now, of course, there has not been any who, what, or when given on the project, so take that news as you wish. See, I didn't see the first one, but I heard so many bad things about it. I've seen it three times, and I don't understand why it gets bashed as badly as it does. I mean, the acting is bad. Have you seen the series? Yes, of course. I've seen it twice. All right. So if you've seen the series and you've watched the movie, then you know how bad that movie is. I've seen you positively review how many movies (laughs) that are shit, okay? And this wasn't, I mean, again, it's it's not, the the series is like, what, 3,000 anime cartoons. This one has to shorten it up, and it wasn't no, bad. But he changed the whole dynamic of how things worked. Yeah, like in all the other movies we reviewed, and that I keep getting told, you need to get over that and just accept that things change. Firebenders <laughs> make fire from themselves, not from fire outside, all right? Just how it is. 
I thought that that wasn't true. I thought that the uncle was. I thought they were amazed when the uncle did that. Like that was his secret. I know he could do lightning, but no, no, no. In in the animated series, right? Firebenders create fire from within, and they send it out. Okay. They don't use fire from external sources. Okay, yeah, it's been a while since I've watched it. Okay, in, in the movie, firebenders can only make fire if there's fire around them. They take it and they control it that way. So that's and then your big they, problem point. Huh? That and then the acting was horrible. Right, but I mean, that was your big problem. Yes. Point? Yes. I will never once again ever be yelled at by anybody at this table about going, <laughs> I didn't really like the character because, no. <laughs> that, it really, the thing is, Cap, I guarantee you when you watch the movie, I'm not saying that you're going to love it, but you're going to be I like, don't even think you're, I'm you're, watch it. you're going to watch it, you're just going to go, that oh, was fine. I mean, it, it, it's no, this way. It's the, sa- but you it's know, the same problem that people had when they talked about the Fantastic Four, and now they're going, oh, it wasn't really that bad. I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, I guess. I, mean, I can see it from both sides, especially from, from the comic book enthusiasts who, who wanted to stay very close to the source material. Well, the anime enthusiasts. I'm just saying, just for well, okay, an example, how god-awful was The Watcher, uh, The Watchmen? wasn't that bad. Exactly. But when it came out, every comic book see, person see, said it. But... I, I didn't understand that. that. Right. Yeah. They said right. it was the worst thing ever. No, and w- you watch the movie and you go, it's not that bad. No, the movie was pretty good. I just didn't like how they changed the ending. No, I'm not talking about you particularly. I'm saying there was the outcry again from um, the comic book community yeah. saying it was, they didn't talk about the end. They said it was horrible. It's kind of like, it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. when, um, and they do this with a lot of, what the hell? Um, it, they do a lot of um, comic book changes like like you said a Fantastic Four but even as much as Spider-Man yeah. and Spider-Man was a beloved movie yeah. but they were saying well why does Tobey Maguire ha- produce his own webs why can't he create his right. own, you know I mean, and, and people getting into an uproar yeah. of that but you know like I said I understand it yeah. but I can't I guess I can't speak I have to watch the movie for myself yeah. what happened with the Avatar is also like they changed the story around so what they told in the movie even though I understand it's, it's just a movie and then they have to shorten it but even then that's like not the kind of story that you were expecting right that's why yeah, well, I the, guess the animated series I, was way better. It was like, and it was. I, I have times. no problem saying it. I'm not saying the movie was fantastic. The movie but was, it was the, okay. The way, the way <laughs> he know? chose to tell the story was just not very well. Yeah, I didn't have, like. I really didn't have a problem. Well, with it. Yeah. well, M Night's gonna be. Well, you know, M Night might is gonna be working on. You know, that movie is gonna be working on. Um, Tales from the Crypt is going to be pretty busy. So he's got a lot of shit to fuck up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, when when they made the first one, they. Gave him the deal for making all three movies. Right. Oh. So yeah. I mean, it was, it was, just, it was supposed would, to be a trilogy. Yeah. It was supposed it, to be. It was like never, Waterworld. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It was never officially canceled. They just said, "Okay, it's on hold." Right. right. And the thing is, it's not that it didn't make money. It made really good money. It's just that it had a lot of fan um, backlash. So, yeah. There you go. All right. All right. So anyhow, so for all you rugged, manly men nerds of a certain age, it's time to bow your heads and let out a muffled grr. Grr. Dan Haggerty, best known for his portrayal of James Capen Grizzly Adams in the 1974 film, The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams, then later in the 1977 NBC TV series, Grizzly Adams, passed away on January 15th, 2016, following a battle with spinal cancer. Oh, my Haggerty God. Haggerty was 74. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad he's not in pain anymore. Yeah. Spinal cancer sounds like it's yeah. Yeah, horrendous. It horrible. Yeah. Oh man! But I mean, Grizzly Adams. He was, I knew the name, but I never saw the show. Yeah. Was was he like a big burly kind oh, of yeah, guy? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He looked like a big bear. I hey, mean, with a name like Grizzly, come on, you got to think he's very. Good. I'm gonna use what I use in the last show, or maybe I use it off a podcast. There's also the person that was named Little John, and Little John wasn't supposed to be little, so we can't always go by names. Oh, we never <laughs> saw him undressed. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, 
I'll give you some of that. You, you get dab for that one. <laughs> Very true, Mike. Very true. Right. Now I turn to the horror freaks to release a blood-curdling scream in memoriam Angus Scrim. Yes. Born Lawrence Rory Guy, Scrim was instantly recognizable and intimidating for those that love the horror movie genre. Scrim is best remembered for his performances as the creepy alien mortician uh, known as the Tall Man, a.k.a. Jebediah Morningside, mm-hmm. from the Phantasm movie franchise that began in 1979. His final appearance as the iconic character will be in Phantasm V, Ravager, due out in 2016. Angus Scrim died January 9th, 2016, from undisclosed reasons. He was 89. Wow. And and I was listening to a couple of other podcasts, and they were talking about that his career started late. Like, he he used to work... Doing ledger lines, yeah, for like for, for musicians, and, and he even has a Grammy, oddly enough, yeah, because yeah. He, he, some he, voice work he did. Who doesn't have a Grammy? I got like three in my house. Yeah, and that, uh, that's your Gram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Graham crackers, right? So exactly. Right? I think we're gonna go with a drug reference when he said Graham. I was like, whoa, well, I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's in the other house. <clears throat> but I heard that um, that he started off very late in his life, and to hear that he had one more Phantasm, I'm very happy for him. Yeah, though I mean, I don't know how good the Phantasm movies were because, as you know, I don't like horror. Yeah, they're interesting. Like the first one scared me as a kid. I mean, it's just he's it's him and and this ball that, that, that metal ball with the spikes. It's just it was just really a good creepy story. The other movies, the other three movies that came after that are interesting. I mean, they can be creepy. They can be what the fuck. They're just right. they're just very interesting. So I can't wait to see how they wrap up the whole series now. I put Phantasm in that same category that I would put. Is it the Puppet Master? Puppet Master. I love that movie series. My it's wife so, loves that movie it's series. Because it's so much fun. I mean, it's 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 one of those that I'm surprised. Or I shouldn't say surprised. Um, I wish they would reboot it. Like, Do it, you it hear that? Complete, Mike agrees with you. It needs a complete reboot. It's a, it's a lot of fun, and they could have a lot of fun with it. What? What, what are you looking for, Ralph? I don't know. Whatever it is, he's late for it. Oh, oh, because he doesn't know something? Oh, boy. Yeah. But hey, ever, I haven't seen it either, but I know of the franchise. But just watching uh, Angus Scrim just go, boy! It's just, it's just the... <laughs> Freakiest thing when he's after this kid. It's just absolutely amazing. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Oh, come on. Have some respect for the dead, bro. Exactly. <laughs> no, I've never heard of those two. You never heard of the Phantasm? Or uh, Grizzly Adams. Puppet Master. Puppet Master. Or Grizzly Adams. You were born like five days ago. What the hell? What do you expect? Well, I mean, it feels like. Well, I'm unfortunately, like... we'll be getting into things he does now. So, Wizard Wands were at half mass on January 14th, 2016, yes. on the announcement that beloved actor Aaron, uh, Alan Rickman died. Although Rickman had a long and colorful career, he will be best remembered as Professor Snape from the Harry Potter films and Hans Gruber in the original Die Hard movie. That's right. Rickman had been suffering from cancer for some time before succumbing to the illness. He was 69. 69, wow. I mean, relatively young. Don't forget uh, Galaxy Quest. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, no, I'm saying that's what he's best known for. Those two, but but not a lot of people saw Galaxy Quest. People saw it, but like people know him for the Harry Potter series. I, I know him more for Galaxy Quest than anything else. Than Harry Potter. Yeah. Really? Then seven films of Harry Potter. Him playing Snape? He was great in Galaxy Quest. I mean, he was, but you're saying you know him better for Galaxy Quest? Yeah. That's unusual. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm not saying that you don't like him in Galaxy Quest. I'm just saying that it's just weird that you would know him best from that, you know. But to each his own. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, um, I mean, when I heard about that, I was like, wow, I couldn't really believe it. Because I always remember him as Hans Gruber. Yeah. And I always forget Hans Gruber's name. Anytime we talk about Die Hard, like, yeah, there was this person, this person. Who was this first villain? Now I'm not. Gruber. Hans Gruber. Yeah. You got to say it like that. I'm not saying it like that. You got (laughs) to. That's how it's said. You want the guy with the bad accents to do that. Hans Gruber. No, no, thank you. I won't. (laughs) What else you got, Mike? And finally, we bid a very fond farewell to the Starman. The Thin White Duke, 
Aladdin Sane, and of course, Ziggy Stardust. English singer, songwriter, musician, record producer, painter, and actor David Bowie passed away on January 10th, 2016. Born David Robert Jones on January 8th, 1947, Bowie became a household name in 1969 when his song, Space Oddity, launched up the charts. He reemerged in 1972 as the flamboyant and androgynous alter ego Ziggy Stardust, which began a career marked with constant reinvention, innovation, and presentation. Over the decades, Bowie's impact was enormous as he changed the nature of rock music while changing and challenging himself. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996. Bowie's last concert tour was in 2004, and his last live performance was at a charity event in 2006. On, February, um, excuse me, on Friday, January 8th, which was his 69th birthday, Bowie released his final work called Black Star, an album with lyrics that seemed to revolve around his impending death. David Bowie died from liver cancer. He was 69. And I do want to say that uh, his producer, Tony Bisconti, he wrote this. And I just thought it was really, it was really, it's, it's touching without being overly, but I just thought it was really a good um, sum, a summation. He said, quote, he always did what he wanted to do, and he wanted to do it his way, and he wanted to do, to do it the best way. His death was no different from his life, a work of art. He made Black Star for us, his parting gift. I knew for a year that this was the way it would be. I wasn't, however, prepared for it. He was an extraordinary man, full of love and life. He will always be with us. For now, it's appropriate to cry. End quote. Wow. That, yeah. Well <laughs> oh, that was done. That really well done. That was yeah. really well done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, was, from- I was crushed when Bowie died. I, I really was. I was in a stupor for most of the day. I, I, he, his music has been a part of like every major change of my life. You know? I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. I know that, you know. I'm you're- a huge Bowie fan. Ground control to Major Tom. Yep. Come in, Major Tom. Yeah. Wow, that, that's wow! It's nice, such a little tribute there, Ralph. <laughs> For first, first you're a dick, and then all of a sudden you're real nice. How does that happen? Always an incredible guy. You it, know, there's um actually. Have you heard of the comic called uh, "The Wicked and the Divine"? No, it's an image comic imprint. Um, and the authors took like parts. They say that they based it off of like parts of uh, David Bowie's personality. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, interesting. It focuses on uh, it's like every. If I remember the the synopsis correctly, it's like every seventy years, um, people are chosen to embody um, uh, different gods, and but like they only last for two years and then they die. But it's like, like it, it covers like fame and fortune and stuff like that. So yeah, like everything that pretty much like David Bowie would know about was like incorporated into that comic. Interesting. Wow, I've never heard of that. He, I mean, I know he was so influential to a lot of people, especially those in the in seventies and eighties. You know, he was, you know, he was. You know, his music was... Yeah. I mean, I, I, his music is incredible. I mean, and it's yeah. still... Last, it's like the Beatles. It's still used, you know, for advertising. It's just used all over it, the it place. Tran- it transcends time. It, it really transcends. Yeah. You want to hear something crazy? The first time I actually heard uh, David Bowie's song was when it came out in the Adam Sandler movie, Mr. Deeds. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's weird. You've probably never seen Mr. Deeds, right? Um, is that the one where he gets the money? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen, I think, all of it, actually. This, this began his hate for it, it, Adam Sandler. It, 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 I think I had already started hating him, and then I saw that movie, and then I was like, yep. So the, the scene when he's on the helicopter, and he starts singing Major Tom, uh, uh, Space Odyssey. Big, yeah, big. So, um, and he does that whole Major Tom to ground control. Right. You know, I'm stepping through the door, all that. Okay. I'm like, oh my God, that's such a catchy tune. It's like, I wonder what that is. Did he I, make that up? And then I, I looked it up and then I'm like, wow, it's David Bowie. So then I started listening to some of his other songs. I'm like, yeah. His music was just amazing. Yeah. I remember when I was young, I, I, used, to com- I used to confuse him with Billy Idol. 
You can oh, remember. wow. Well, <laughs> what? You can remember that far back? I can remember that far back. Oh, yeah, wow. I can. <laughs> so I remember confusing for, for Billy Idol, and then when I started learning about David Bowie, I remember all the songs. I'm like, oh, no, they're way different. And yeah, then on top of that, they... he married a supermodel. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, uh, what? Crazy story. The only reason I know about Billy Idol is because he was in The Wedding Singer. Really? Another Sander film. Wow, that's really sad for him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it gave him notoriety back in 94. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, you know, especially when the career goes downhill, you know, you're looking for anything for anything to pop your name up. Yeah, we but see Dave, how much it helped him again. But David Boy, wow, you know, um, rest in peace, you yeah. know. I mean, he's no longer suffering, and I'm glad that he did it his way, according to yeah. what, you know, his producer said, so I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah. So is that, is that all the quick news? That's all my quick news. Okay, I've got one quick news that I was, I was hoping you'd bring up, but I wanted to get your guys' take on it. Um, did you guys hear about... Um, the, the the controversy about Deadpool. You mean about the PG thirteen thing? Yes, I, it's Isn't stupid. It really I don't odd? even see it as a controversy. It's just somebody that wants the world their way, and I didn't understand the purpose of even anybody on the internet mentioning it. Well, I think I think um, just just to give everybody the um, it's rated PG thirteen. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. See, that's a rumor start. <laughs> Long and the short, we all know that the the, the Deadpool movie is going to be rated R. It's going to be one of the few, if not only, superhero films that's going to be rated R yeah. due to gratuitous violence. Sexual content, not sexual, not nudity, but sexual content, and lots of cursing, and lots of cursing. Um, supposedly, there's this little, there's this little kid who wanted to see the Deadpool movie really bad, and he begged his mom, saying, "I, you know, I, I love Deadpool. I know it's rated R, but I promise to cover my eyes through the bad parts, and um, I'm gonna do all my chores and blah 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 blah." So this woman sent that letter to somebody and said, "Wouldn't it be fair if you know we can make it a PG-13 version?" And they're trying. Um, I think it was Change.org try to create a, pet- a petition. To be able to to have a PG thirteen version of Deadpool, not not do it for PG thirteen, have a rated R version and then a PG thirteen version so the kids can see it. So so it would just be the opening credits and the ending credits. That's kind of what I thought it was. <laughs> it's, it's, it, no, I mean it's not that. Let's put it this way: once it gets on TV in another year or two years, you can watch it then. I mean, Wanted is on TV. That's true. I mean, you know, it's 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 just stupid. I'm like, tell your child no. Be a parent. Oh, this like, world is feel, not I feel, I feel your like we, world. I feel like we've had this conversation yeah. before. But, I mean, it's just be a parent. I, mean, no, I agree. But, I agree. Totally. So, what, so what, when the kid turns around and goes, Mommy, I heard about this triple X rated movie. I'll cover my eyes during the bad part. <laughs> oh, no, honey. It's triple X rated. I'll write a, a petition and see if I can make it PG-13. No. Just say no. You know. Or just take him to go watch the damn movie. No, there's, that, there's that there's that how old is the kid if he's, he's 13 no he's, <coughs> is he 8 or 13 I forget which one um, I'm sorry he is I'll look at it right now he's 8 excuse yeah, me eight okay. I'm sorry I'm sorry if I'm he sorry. was like 12 you know no, but like, he's, he's a kid he's a kid, no, kid. the point is Go it ahead. doesn't even matter even if he's 12 if you do not want your child to watch that kind of violence then you don't let him see the movie you don't give in to the I'll cover my eyes crap it's like you're either in other words what she's trying to sound like is I'm a good parent well, if you're a good parent, then be a parent. The answer is no. You know, right. don't don't try and change the world for your child. I mean, you that, that she's like the the peanut allergy parent of the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want peanuts in the entire school because my one child out of these three thousand has an allergy. You know, yeah, but that's the difference between death and and this. But I understand. No, it's mean. still not the same. It's like <laughs> that's your problem, not the world's problem. Let's put it this way. Um, all these schools, for instance, that, that do that. I'm not talking about they have 90, 99% of the children have peanut allergy. If you have one child with peanut allergy in the school and you go through all this stuff to curtail that, okay, now he's out in the real world. Tell me what part of J.P. Morgan what? is peanut free. <laughs> uh, tell me, tell me what part of anybody's job here, I mean, except for anyone that works at a school, obviously, right. that there's no peanuts allowed sign. None. 
That's the world. I Get over it. <laughs> I, I, I guess. I guess that's the thing, nutsis. <laughs> nutsis. You can't even make that word up, right? You can't even make that word sound right. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's nutsis, man. It's nutsis. It's nutsis. That, and this is. It's not quite as good of a word as spongy. <laughs> I told you I'd use it. I told you I'd use it. <laughs> Moist. And, and and if you're looking for um, a definition, please go to Aaron. <laughs> Aaron will be able to explain it. Shout out to Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just to kind of um, to end what we were talking about this um, I think the thing that, that bothered me w- about it is it is all about that kind of parenting but it's now mind you I, I, I'm all about including everybody but there's got to be limits and, and we're talking about you know developmental stuff we're talking about kids who don't know better and it was kind of an article that somebody <clears throat> sent to me about um, parenting one of the problems with parenting nowadays is that um, the kids are almost like running almost the kids are running the show. Yeah, so so it's a, it's a lot of that. And it's like, well, you know, if it's like you said, if it's, if it's too violent for somebody, you don't watch it. Right, and you tell them the reason why. I mean, there's lots of movies I didn't see as a child. My mother would go, I don't want you to see that because of, and then she'd give the reason. It sucked. I got over it. I didn't murder her. <laughs> you know, like, like, I don't know what fear. I mean, I didn't become a, a horrible person. I, I didn't not get a job. I, I didn't not finish school. Like, it's your child is not going to crumble under the weight of the word. I'll, no, I'll leave it. I'll leave it at this. Sometimes parents want to be loved than respected. And I think that that, that becomes a problem because they, they, they would rather be adored and loved. Than to be respected and for them to do the right thing. And, and, I, and I did love my mother and respect her because she told me yeah. no. <laughs> you know. See, none of this would have been a problem if the government hadn't shut down my boot camp for kids. Wow. Sh- sure. <laughs> it, it was an island in the Pacific and they were surviving on their own skills. No one died. Sure, that one kid came <laughs> close to. But, you know, cobra bites, they happen and you get the poison out. I, I didn't believe a goddamn word you just said. <laughs> the minute says Pacific, I'm like, point it out on the map. <laughs> right there. If it's nowhere in the Dominican Republic, I don't believe you. <laughs> it's not near the Dominican Republic. I, I know it's not. Wow. I know it's not. Sure. Yeah. Especially if it's in the Pacific. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's go. I guess, where's, where's Puerto Rico? Where's Puerto is, Rico? Is in the Mediterranean Sea, right? Me- Isn't it uptown it's New York? A, it's in the Caribbean. <laughs> it's uptown New York. I'll Where is the Caribbean? Not anymore. Dominicans are taking over. Ah. Damn right. <laughs> We're like cancer. We spread everywhere. And they kill people. <laughs> I don't think you want to use that analogy. Wow. Pop. Wow. He's, he made a gun reference. Wow. Okay. Just letting you know for the record. Meanwhile, 22, the cap has been threatened. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. I, I can't believe it's taken him 74 episodes of your life. <laughs> I've been threatening him I, since I, the first one. I was about to say, I thought you beat him to the punch. <laughs> I, I've been holding, you know, weapons under the table the whole time your dick is not a weapon <laughs> yeah. nor threatening that's not what she said <laughs> she she couldn't say nothing she was laughing too much <laughs> Ooh, damn fuck you oh see no jump rope so, no, yeah. no, no rim shot for that fuck you and fuck you too okay so let's move on with our first half of the show and let's talk about the and i'll say it with a gasp again not a gasp but a sigh um, the the, uh, well, the Marvel event that was going to change the landscape of the entire Marvel Universe from here on forward. Let's talk about Secret Wars. And with the synopsis, as usual, is MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. It's odd because a bunch of shit on your lawn also changed the landscape, but you don't want that either. Um, <laughs> in your lawn or on your lawn? Because in your lawn is fertilizer. On, on your it. lawn is somebody's fucking pet. On it. Okay. All righty. Secret Wars 2015 is a nine-issue miniseries that was brought about after a... All the universes of the Marvel Comics universe were destroyed. The title recalls the 1984-85 maxi-series of the same name, yet it is not a retelling of that storyline. 
Marvel Comics ceased production of all of its ongoing properties while Secret Wars was underway. These titles were instead replaced by miniseries that fell into one of three categories, Battle World, Warzone, and Last Days. Many of these categories retold previous, uh, previous memorable tales, but with a new wrinkle to the story. Uh, the, re- the resolution of Secret Wars led to the all-new, all-different Marvel imprint. Now for synopsis. In a blatant display of village idiocy, Marvel Comics took DC Comics' crappy idea and tried to do it better. While definitely not a convergence-level abortion, Marvel's nine-issue excuse to shake things up a bit was seven issues too long. Uh, Doctors Doom and Strange and their special needs friend, the Molecule Man, destroyed all the Beyonders and used their universal energies to save various pieces of crumbling parallel dimensions before the obliteration of everything, or something like that. Uh, (laughs) I'm still unclear. Uh, Doom is now God Emperor and living on Earth along with his wife, Sue, formerly Richards, daughter Valeria, formerly Richards, and son Franklin, you get the point. Uh, the battle world doom quilted together is far from ideal or peaceful and has many warring territories governed by individuals like the maestro and mr sinister that retain the title of baron or baroness uh doom also has a legion of thors as his police force and they are led by sheriff strange things are running smoothly until a a rescue ship from the now destroyed 616 universe arrives bringing familiar heroes and unknown to them villains from the ultimate universe 1610 Will these pilgrims from a lost land arrive on Doom's world, beat him for not having their shared faith, and take his land? Yep, because that's how Americans get freedom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and, and the laughing is going to start, but um, wait, do we even press the spoiler button for this? Of course. We have to. It's legally binding. Warning, this segment may contain spoilers. So leave Ralph alone. You've been Legal, legally binding? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know you knew that phrase. Nah, it's like cheese. They can't sue us now. Uh, <laughs> who's they? Yeah. And why would they sue us? And what are they going to get? Do they even listen? Sometimes. Okay. How are they going to get my sloppy joke recipe? That's, yeah, that's a good recipe. Between that and the shrimp puffs. Don't play with me. Okay, let's not digress. Okay, Secret Wars. Well, we, we should digress because maybe the conversation about food might be a better conversation than this conversation about Secret Wars. Yeah, it will, it will be. All right, so I'm going to start with a Cap favorite question that I usually, I used to start off with. What did you like about it, guys? Besides the art, nothing. I, literally I was going to say that. And now, again, this is not only level of the other DC stuff that we've reviewed in the past, but I still really did not like it. There's nothing that came out of it or even about it that I found interesting. Okay. I, I found that it was just what it was to serve, is that Marvel wanted to change their universe and this was a story. Okay, Ralph. Uh, the art was phenomenal. Especially yeah, the, was really good. The, the cover art. Oh my god! Yeah. It's, it's really good. Uh, I like, oh, that's for the main covers. I'm sure you're talking about because there's lots of different. You know, you mean the alternate? I mean the yeah. al- the, yeah. the, the oh, yeah. covers? No, and I've seen some of the alternate ones too. They were pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Um, the variant covers. I mean, yeah, those mm-hmm. were pretty good. Uh, so I like some of the interaction between uh, Reed and uh, the Maker. Okay. It was it was kind of like seeing like you know those two interact with each other. I thought that was right. kind of interesting. For those that aren't aware, Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic, of Six One Six, his alternate uh, version, his ultimate version, is the Maker. But the Maker is like a crazy killing Reed Richards. Yeah. Yeah. The if, if you're familiar with the Ultimate Universe, he was the Ultimate Universe's Reed Richards. That kind of took a, a slight turn. Slight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I I, I so, so, so far so far we're basically art. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and that's about all you can say about the book. And, and, me, being, and me being somebody who loves to draw, I agree. The, the, art, the art was, was fantastic, really well. Well, it was really well done. It was beautiful to look at. But you, um, when we started reading it, 
Okay, you know what? I'm going to say this. I think I came in a little bit um, biased because I remember that I didn't want a Secret Wars. That I didn't want another Earth change, not Earth changing, um, universe changing event. I was tired who, of it. Who did? I, I, well, you know, because I was hoping that maybe it would be like Secret Wars where it changed it a little bit, but it was a story and then, you know, it would come to an end and also the other books would exist. Right. But like you said in your synopsis, all the books were put on pause to, to have this event go on. And even to the point that anytime anybody from the outside industry asked Marvel about what's going on, they said nothing else exists, only Secret Wars. Right. I'm like, really? This is what we're doing? I was, I think that made me mad. That yeah. made me really mad. <laughs> well, I mean, it, like I said, unlike the original Secret War, which was, it, I mean, Secret Wars didn't change anything. It was just a story that just had, like, other outcomes. I mean, like, just any, like, any adventure has. I mean, people either live, die, or, you know, a new character comes out. But, I mean, that's just the nature of telling a story. Right. You know, this one was, you know, doing what DC's done four different times. And you'd think if you, if you realize that your competition has done something four times right. because, because they didn't get it right, that you just wouldn't start to do it once because that was i mean that was the one thing i bragged about from the beginning of our podcast was always marvel has not ever just wholeheartedly gone yeah throw in the towel it's a whole new universe you know and this time they did and you know and i think that's that's what got me mad on top of that because like you're saying you know we talked about the fact that marvel no matter what they did they found a way to keep the universe the same to an extent so the certain stories stayed so that did did um green goblin kill um, Gwen Stacy on the top of a Brooklyn Bridge? Yes, because that happened. Right. And it might, it may, they might have changed on exactly when the timeline was. Exactly, because if you make people older, younger, whatever at the time. Right, but, you but, know. But, but things still stood. Whether she slept with him. Oh, the, thank you, Straczynski. <laughs> the, the only thing you could thank him for. Oh, I, I wasn't thanking him. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but then, then again, didn't he come up with Brand New Day or was that Dan Slott? Um, Dan Slott was. Well, no, I'm sorry. Dan Slot came in after Brand New Day. Okay, yeah, Brand, New Day, Brand New Day was like I think the end of it all. Come think of Straczynski, because then, well, then, cause then if that's the case, then we can thank Straczynski for doing that. I, I because then, because then it erases Gwen Stacy sleeping with did Harry Osborn. It did. I mean, it, they didn't say. I, it, the only thing, remember, the only thing that it erased was the marriage but, of but, but, Peter Parker but, but and everything, Mary Jane. But everything else that happens after that, or subsequently, because the, the twins don't exist. We don't know that. I believe. Well, I'll look into that later. Yeah. I have to look into that later. But my my point is is that I, I agree with I agree with Mike, and I'm not sure what, how you feel about it, Ralph. But the fact that you had to start things all over and erase all this history, all this um, this stuff that you've created that made Marvel like you talked about Marvel. And there's some things that always stood true. The Phoenix, um, this happened after you know whatever whatever battle, and then the Hulk did this. There's certain things that you know certain characters did, and no matter how long or far long you were into the comic book, those things existed. Now you question it because everything's been rebooted. Right, and the thing is, too. I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. Is there a Phoenix Force anymore? Well, um, we guess. I mean, I mean, we'll get to why you're asking that. But the thing is, this is, and this is the part that makes it really rough with the Marvel universe right now is that we don't know. I mean, don't get us wrong. We we're not saying that nothing has occurred. We don't know what's occurred now. For right. instance, we don't know if Gwen Stacy's alive or dead. We have no way of knowing until Peter Parker or some character tells us that Gwen Stacy, Gwen Stacy died at that bridge. Right now, we don't know that she's dead. We have no way of knowing. We don't know like Is, anything. I'm sorry. I got, yeah. I, I'm, I'm mistaken what you're, what you're saying. I thought you were saying after Brand New Day was that changed. But you're saying not only with Brand New Day, but also with this changing of the entire Marvel series. Well, I'm saying that now. I'm talking about right now after Secret Wars. Yeah, after Secret Wars. We yeah. don't know. Yeah, we don't know what's going on, right. We have no idea, like, what does and does not exist. Right. Like, like for instance, we don't know. I mean, I guess if you read the X-Men comics, you'll know. But, I mean, like, 
is the professor really dead? Right. Did Cyclops really kill him? Um, like Ralph just asked, like, you know, is there Phoenix Force? And he asked because Cyclops gets uh, killed extremely quickly by. Yeah, it was like one, two, three. Doom. <laughs> and he was possessing the entire power of the Phoenix Force, right. which is just fine that Doom as God Emperor would be able to kill him. But he took longer fighting other people later on in the series. And I'm yeah. like, the Phoenix Force is eternal. So I'm not saying that you couldn't, as a god, kill it. But you would think it'd be a fight. Or you know, it is more, a longer fight than right. some of the people he's fought. Yeah. He just channeled his inner Man of Steel and said, Crick, neck break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Evidently, the Phoenix is one weak spot is the neck. <laughs> what's funny like, is, like the common chicken. Wow. <laughs> well, what's funny is you, you said, oh, he gets a fucking rim shot. <laughs> it's funny. You, you want one? Oh, here you go. Here's one for you. That's from the one from, from last segment. Um, it's funny because when you said Man of Steel, I thought you were saying something Spanish. He channeled his instrument, Man of Steel. I'm like, what? Man of Steel? Man of Steel, yeah. Man of Steel. Is that a luchador? Yes. He's, he's you on, are under something. A luchador named Man of Steel. He's on, the, on El Rey's luchador underground. Please ah, do not play. Go. I love that show. Don't play with me, please. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, it, it's just a lot of stuff right. that they were trying to have us reach for and I, I you know I, I i say that i'm biased because i wasn't reaching enough i wasn't trying to give it a chance give it a chance and i really tried at some point but i was it's almost like when you try to carry something but or you try to grab something but you don't want to carry it so you don't extend your arms fully you keep your elbows locked to your to your, to your and body that's how the baby arms. fell on the floor Gigi. wow <laughs> so you, you she's not gonna hear this podcast two weeks from now the baby's bruised will heal by then you were t-rexing the baby i don't know i'm just saying the way people shut up i would never do that but yeah so that's the way i feel that i did that's why I, i'm yeah. leaning on you guys because well, i know how i feel about it but i, mean, I feel I, like i hated it from the minute it came out well i didn't hate it from the minute it came out i just like any of these things it's just i didn't care it's 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 not changing anything to any degree that you're you're noticing first of all and and the fact that it took them four extra months to come out with the last book so that they had already started this series was supposed to have ended to be um at the beginning of october, october that's right of 2015 it did not end until last week of january 2016 okay yep. um so you're they had already been producing all of their new all new all different marvel universe world books before the for the last four months and, 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 they and, and nothing seemed different <laughs> except they would hint at certain things that like, we're so-and-so Oh, I guess I don't know what happened to him. Or it's sad what happened to so and so. I'm like, ah, right. And I was yeah. wondering if that was going to happen because of the fact that this book has been delayed. And mind you, I don't know, is it a Jonathan Hickman thing or a Marvel thing? Because Infinity ran late too. I don't know about as late as this. I don't know. But Infinity, also done by jo- um, John Hickman, also well, ran. Just did this. Ben, it wasn't Hickman that did this? No, that's what I said in the beginning. I could have sworn Hickman had a hand in this. He may have written uh, some other books, but it was okay. by uh, Bendis's Okay, well then, well, then, well, then it's Bendis. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my point, not sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought it was weird, and I kind of liked the fact that um, the Secret Wars storyline, it didn't have, like, okay, you know, where someone shows up and they're like, oh, what happened? Oh, right. You should read episode whatever, whatever. Yeah, because I think they knew nobody was going to read it. Yeah, but I, I kind of like that fact. No, I was very happy okay. about that because, um, yeah. like, like for instance, Brightest Day, which was oh. 12, inch, 12 issues long, yeah. and yet almost everything important happened in all the other books in the yeah. DC world. And I'm like, so that it made no sense when you were actually reading the core book. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ralph said, it's exactly true. Like, absolutely nothing happened off screen that you cared about. But the reason that is is because all these other things were just kind of like, stories from past universes that like I, like I said in the synopsis they just put a new wrinkle to it 
and then told the story again. And I'm like, it's not. I'm not saying that there weren't any good ones. I, I didn't read them. I, I just could care less. It's because the thing is, these stories weren't going to pertain to what was going to come after the end of Star um, Secret Wars. And that's what kind of got me. I think that's why I had this lingering anger because they were not only erasing the entire universe, but it's not like the the, 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 the battle worlds or the last day of that. Those things would end up being what the history is now because that's what it is. Right. I mean, I like it, but I'd read it. But then I have all these create all these stories to not even mean, mean anything. Well, it's, right. it's kind of what we've we've asked for in the past where a whole bunch of stories, if they were good stories, they don't have to be in canon, you know? I suppose. I guess. I guess. But, I, I haven't read. I mean, you said you read the Amazing Spider-Man one, right? The, the Renew Your Vows. Was uh, that what, good? I enjoyed it. Yes, yeah, I so. enjoyed it, but also because the um the art was Romita. Okay. Romita did uh, some of the artwork on that. Um, it's Spider-Man, and there was nothing else out. There was nothing else to read. It wasn't like you know, because you know, usually you have your X-Men, your Incredible Hulk, whatever, the, whatever the normal stuff is out. There was nothing out. Right. You had DC, you had the Independence, which aren't, I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just saying that's all you had. And then if you had a Marvel character that you liked, you were without them for God knows how long, and you didn't know what was going on. Right. And you had to read a god-awful battle book, which I bought one, and hated it. Some, here are some of the Battle World titles. Please. Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies. There was four issues of that. Ghost mm. Racers. Four issues of that. Yeah, I'm sure that was good. <laughs> Inhumans. Was it Atlan Rising? Uh, Atlan, yeah. Atlan Rising. Five issues of that. Ooh. Marvel Zombies. I wonder what that's about. Four mm. issues of that. Master of Kung Fu. If if uh, this guy's not in it, uh, Iron Fist. Shang-Chi? No. That would be the Master of Kung Fu. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, four issues of that. Red Skull. Three of that one. Runaways. Four. Secret they Wars. still pushing Runaways? Yeah. Damn. Well, they brought him back probably for this for this battle world. Secret Wars Battle World, four issues of that. Secret Wars General. Like, Jeez, that's just. Uh, yeah. I mean, sorry, Journal. Five <laughs> 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 issues of that. Yeah, yeah. Secret Wars, <laughs> Secret Love, Siege, Star Lord, yeah. well, and Kitty Pride. Well, there were fourteen battle world titles. There were ten last day titles, and there were thirty five War Zone titles. Ultimate End. Like, and, and I think they wanted it to, to have this feel of like. I guess they wanted to have this feel of. It's one of those geek things that we do. Oh my God! What happened if these worlds were collide and Batman could fight Captain America? Right. What would happen if these fights would happen? Oh, it would be so epic! It's kind of like what we did with the with the um when we had the superhero tournament. That that idea. Of, Don't remind me. No, I like that tournament. <laughs> it, it was hard Who to do. Who the hell is Hank Johnson? Agent of Hydra. That sounds like a I point. He's an agent Hydra. What's your name, Hank Johnson? <laughs> That's my. Good. You know what? Anytime somebody, anytime somebody wants to um, refer to me again, don't call me by my name. Call me Hank Johnson. There we go. And Cap AK. I'm changing on Facebook. I'm changing on Facebook. Hank Johnson. This is Howard the Human. Right. Instead of Howard the Duck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what dude, I'm saying. Like, dude, dude the, just, more, the more you read, the more you're depressing me. Right. But but we're way way off topic. Yeah. Back to actual Secret Wars. Right. So what you end up with is. Doom is now in charge of this world. He is the god of this world that, like right. I said, is made of these different parts. So once the the regular heroes, as we wish to call them, um, show up, and now the world starts to... What? I, I didn't understand the purpose. Like In other words, I, I, once you read the book, you get what they were going for. I, I didn't like the ride that I went on. I'm not even a fan of the destination we got to. But I, it's kind of like what I was um, alluding to rather strongly in my synopsis that... Fine. Battle World wasn't a great world. I certainly I wouldn't have wanted to live there, especially if I wasn't like you know a, a, fucking, a lord fucking, fucking doom, <laughs> you know basically. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, 
there's lots of places in the world that aren't great places. You know, I mean, you know, we're Americans. We we think that so and so country is different than us, and we don't like that. And blah blah blah. Right. So our heroes show up, and they just decide what? Eh, let's just overthrow Doom. Why? <laughs> he hasn't done anything to you, and this is actually his world. I mean, it's not. This isn't like he drugged all the world and took over, and the heroes were off in space. No, this is. His world. That would be like them going to like if Jupiter if Jupiter had like, you know, a race of people on there and then our heels just show up and go, Yeah, we just don't really like your world, so we're gonna take it over and run it differently and better. So that like that's why I was alluding to like the whole pilgrim thing is it just really felt like, well, you came from another land. You landed on this man's world and decided, I don't like the way you're running it. But because we're heroes, we're right, and now we're just going to take over everything. But, but, but don't you think because he was a tyrant, and he's always been a tyrant, it's not like we're going to a different land, we don't know who's over there, or a different land, and we don't know their culture. This is Doom creating a world, and they know that he created, well, they don't know that he created, he's a god, but they know that somehow Doom's in control. Anytime Doom's involved with something, it's never been good. So if we're going by reputation alone, and especially if you read Richards, you're like, you know what, if Doom's in charge, I don't trust it. Right, but I mean, it's then you know what? Read, make your own world. Like, like you see what I'm trying to say? Like, in other words, this isn't Earth anymore. He did. Well, we haven't. No, he didn't. <laughs> it, it, this isn't Earth. Yeah, that's my whole point. Like, in other words, for instance, if if if, if Doom left, if Doom in, in regular six one six left and went off to another solar system, starts a world, and this is the world he he's always a tyrant, you know, and then for some odd reason. Are the Avengers end up on that planet? No reason. They just end up there. Do they have the right to overthrow him? Why? Because they don't like. Eh, the I think it's a little bit. But, yeah. no, it, but it isn't. It's a little this, different. No, the difference is it, read how, how, the Declaration of Independence. That doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> read the Declaration <laughs> this, of Independence. This is this is my when entire. Time, I, see that, I see your point. Is, I see your point. That, that this again. That's why I keep trying to make it clear. This is not Doom taking over Earth. There is no more Earth. In fact, it's not even Earth. It's Battle World. It's right, made Battle up World, of. Yeah. Doom saved as much as he could with this power. I'm not saying that he has made a great world, but it's his world. Reed and these people show up and just go, we don't like you because you're always a bad guy, so we're just going to overthrow the world. And you also (laughs) took my wife and and my my two kids. Um, Which would be dead if he didn't. Listen. You're shaking your head, but would they be dead? And brainwashed them. It's not not like they went out of their own volition. He he made his world, and he brainwashed people. That's not something that you would... So you get to take his entire world from him? I'd take him down. (laughs) You took my wife and my kid, I'm taking you down. So then every time Doom attacks the U.S., normally it's okay because he doesn't like our philosophies? And and, And he doesn't like Reed because... That's really what it is. <laughs> like, th- and right. that's my whole point is that Doom, bad as he is, it's his world. <laughs> it sounds legit. You know, you know like if, if you don't like the guy, it's your right to take him down. Yeah. I mean, that's the same. It, that's the whole thing we got. It's, I, like, I it's just Doom that nobody likes. So everyone just decided we can do this better. Sounds legit. It, I just thought that was a really <laughs> poor, like, Philosophy I, I, for I, a book. I, I, I can see what you're It's very much an American philosophy. And, and, I, and I can see that too. Yeah, yeah, I can see what you're saying about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I mean, if you read the Declaration of Independence. Will you stop with the Declaration of Independence? In the time when you know tyrants rise, it is the duty of men who can do it to bring them down. And create the new form of okay, government. Okay, okay, okay. You started with Declaration of Independence. Now you're sounding like Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and a bad accent. We shall too. fight. 
for our freedom. I mean, there's a lot of things I found wrong with this. I mean, I feel like um, the you. I, I didn't want it to be about the Infinity Gauntlet. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, 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 but you know, I felt like that was there, and it's funny because we were joking around. Were we joking around, Mike, and talking about you know the only way they can make this better, and they'll probably find a way to use the Infinity Gauntlet and Franklin Richards. Yeah, and they use both. Oh yeah, <laughs> they only use Franklin Richards at the very end. But, but they used it to be able to fix everything. Right. Well, that, that's the way they fix very everything. Imaginative. And imaginative. My ass is. is I'm imaginative too. Is Marvel's <laughs> trap door? Well, he's he's not actually creating. He's just you know, like. Yeah, uh-huh, creating yeah, the I'm idea, listening. Creating the idea of the galaxies, and then Reed is the one who's flinging them into existence. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that the problem with their idea, but the fact that Marvel goes to this as their um, failsafe. That I was, in other words, we've screwed up everything. We need somebody that's got really, really great power. Franklin Richards will fix that. Now, mind you, they extended. And now we're done. They extended the run a little bit longer and took longer to produce it to come up with that. When if they would have, I don't say if they would have wrote it better, but if they would have chosen a different route, or maybe even, you know what? Maybe not have Battle World. Maybe may, maybe have a year of, of a series, and that would be canon, and that people would remember. But about them, how are they dealing in Doom's world? Right. I think that would have a lot more um, it merit. Really, it really just should have been a like I said, it could have been two issues, and they would have summed it up. I mean, really, in all honesty, if you just read issue four, issue nine, you're really good. Yeah, issue four is where um, Strange and Cyclops are killed. Yes, and at least you get some idea of Doom's jealousy of Reed Richards again, which of course still made no sense, but fine. Um, and then you get the resolution of nine, like, like, and you would have really you didn't miss anything. I think what, I think what people fall in love with sometimes it's kind of like what I said before about the fighting, but also the idea of. What if we changed this circumstance or had this hero become this? Oh, right. that would be kind of interesting because that's all they did. Right. What happened to Ben Grimm? What happened to this? We switched this person's role to this. Right. This person was a leader of this province. And who's under him? Who's his underlord? And you and you fall in love with the idea, which I'm not saying is a bad idea. I just don't think it should be um, for an entire five-month, four-month long series. Yeah. It, it, and especially when it's something where it's going to change the landscape of Marvel where now, you know, right. this whole battle now, what do we get from it? Yeah, uh, I don't know what we got from it actually, <laughs> but the, the thing that didn't make sense with the storytelling for me was, you know, you've established that Doom is the god of this, right. this whole the, the everything. God, god emperor. He's the god emperor of everything. So I'm like, well, how are these plots? How are their plots? You know, like you know, you're telling me he's god. Like, doesn't he know everything? Like, I mean, isn't he aware? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. If, if you're god, you're omnipotent. Right. So. No, no, well, no. Um, he's I'm. Omnipotent, that means all-powerful, but not all-knowing. Omnisending no, is, no, it's is no, and that's true by definition, he, but I'm just saying he that says wouldn't it, he know? He says it that uh, when Stephen Strange was still alive, he says it that he's omnipotent and not all-seeing. That, but, that's that's still, but, but he, he still did something he to, to worry their... For, right, but he did something to their personalities because nobody is aware of their previous existences. They just He just made them forget about... Right, so therefore... Because he wanted to... He, wanted to he, he said he just grabbed... As much of the real world as he could, as and he put it together. So that means he didn't really create new people. He just grabbed them and made sure that they didn't remember what happened. He right. grabbed and altered as opposed to create. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I, I still, my thing is, if you can make them forget that, then you could have really just pacified the world. Like, like, like it, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just weird. But isn't yeah. that part? But, but 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 isn't the reason why it went wrong is part of because of his ego? Because he could have well, yeah. he could have went that way, but he didn't. You know, because, oh, when I because say pacify the world, I didn't say make it peaceful. I just meant no, 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 like, no, I know what you meant. right. They, it's just that, in other words, why would I want a world of fighting, especially fighting against me, when I could have just 
literally every day walked out and everybody across the entire globe would have bowed to me like you know what i mean it's but, just but, it's just weird again not saying he had to i'm just saying that like especially with someone with his ego but like, I think why that, did you but, leave warring factions but, but i think you know? but i think that's why that's why it is because the, it's the idea that he wanted it, to recreate as much of the old world as possible maybe i, I, I mean, guess I, I think also the fact uh, of you know if if everything when you got it too good you get bored I think that's also, you know, when you have a do good where, where everybody bows to you and, I mean, he could have Sue Richard, excuse my language, suck his dick every night for the rest of his life. He probably did. He yeah, probably did. He probably. <laughs> she couldn't kiss his face. <laughs> really? That, that, was, that deserved that? See? Yeah, why not? Because, I mean, you know, he has the mask and his face is all deformed. Well, you know, and also dick to mouth is frowned upon in Battle World. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one rule of Battle World? No dick yeah. to mouth. <laughs> Anything goes, but dick to mouth and you're dead. <laughs> We made this more interesting than the book actually was. <laughs> that, that wouldn't take much. <laughs> and then there was um, that line where uh, Doom and Sue are talking, and Doom is questioning his role in his new world, where he said, maybe the other gods had it right. Maybe I should have just you know, uh, left this world and just been like uh, praised and, and, uh, and adored from afar mm-hmm. and not actually had like, a, a, a role in it. Maybe it would have made better. And then Sue says, no, it's better with you in it. I was saying, fuck that shit. It would probably have been better if you they didn't know that you existed at all. If you were just right. some sort of God. That's part of the ego well, also. Yeah. Right. But nobody wants to be able to go like, oh, I'm going to blame this on. Oh, there's my God right over there. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him sitting there all glorious. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, you really, yeah, exactly. Because you'll be like, yes. <laughs> you know? It's all your fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like little things that bother me, but um, but also then like after Doom loses his power to read, which was just whatever. I'm trying um, to see if, if you're going to say what I think you're going to say. No, no, it was just a little thing, like so that you have everybody suddenly. Well, everybody that we're aware of, because once the conclusion starts up of the book, we now don't know what's gone on with the rest of Battle World. Like so far now, all we know there's like six people. <laughs> maybe seven or eight right uh, you know whatever. and Wakanda yeah exactly <laughs> you know and New York don't forget New York no 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 that's made afterwards because remember that's now after the universe has been made which we haven't gotten to that point I'm talking about the the initial battle is over so Doom has been defeated and then all we ever, we see are like the Fantastic Four their Ma- foundation and a few other people and you're like well where's the rest of and Battle Man's World and face <laughs> you know, right and where's the rest of the world but anyhow my point is everybody has their memories back because now everybody's well aware who Reed is and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, Franklin's probably sulking about having blown to bits his Uncle Ben <laughs> or doesn't bring it up at all. Yeah. Not, not even a little bit. No one just even. Once, I just killed Uncle Ben. Once again, <laughs> Marvel's ploy to erase the fantastic. Because think about it now. At the end, what, what they say about, well, are we a heroes anymore? No, not, not for now. Right. Which I was like, okay, Marvel, you We're not superheroes, not superheroes, not for now. I'm like, oh, well, this, well, this science is, first, right? Well, this is, I mean, you know, and that's the thing too uh, that it is really funny because this was not their initial plan, and that's why it switched up at the end. Hmm. Um, this really is the last Fantastic Four story. That's what this is. That's not a mistake. That's not a uh, my impression. That's what this is. It is the last story of the Fantastic Four. You know, it's once again, Marvel putting the ducks in a row so that um, Fox can't play with their toys. Right. I, you know. I mean, or at least they have no, they have no new information. In because words, think about it, it well, was, they, they also that means that like for instance, now if Marvel had kept Fantastic Four, well, actually, I really don't know where their agreements go, but if they start creating new characters within the Fantastic Four universe, that goes Fox might end yeah. up getting rights to them. And it's like nope. 
now there is no Fantastic Four. You have all the old property, you know, and that's whatever you wow. do with it. And, 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 I'm, and mind you, because I like Doom as a character, so to see that he's not going to be used anymore. But and that, but that begs the other question. For instance, um, like because you, again, you're the you you're I think out of us, you're the only one reading current um, Marvel right now. Yeah. So are they aware of Battleworld? Like the people out there? From what I've read, I don't I don't think so. I've, Great, I, which is what I thought. So Victor Von Doom became Victor Von Doom. Why? Because of, because of the Fantastic Four. Right. Which is fine. That they don't, that, they're not saying, right, it's not saying they never existed. That's fine. They existed. Right. But he just woke up miraculously cured. Why? Because, because of the Richards. And but world. he has no clue of what's going on. Right. He just woke up. So what was that reality going to be like? Right. Yeah. And also and also this. The, uh, this, is the, now, this is the weird part. Now, um, for, all, for all you hoes out there at home. We all know 616 is the normal world that we know. It is now Earth Prime. Mm-hmm. That, that there is no more 616. I mean, even though there's an infinite amount of universes, and we'll get to why that is still, we are now, our, our reading world is now Earth Prime. Right. Okay, and that's fine. I don't care what you call it. It's Earth Prime. Um, I just lost where I was going with that thought. <laughs> um, we're, oh, we're at Earth Prime. And uh, so these change, like in other words, Reed and Franklin have literally remade the universes. All right, that's what that's what the end conclusion is of this Fantastic Four story. Mister Fantastic, luckily he's very flexible. Is has sucked his own dick, licking his balls, and is hitting taint. Okay, he's his tongue is on taint right now oh because and it's his own <laughs> um, because he literally has now become God. Reed Richards, a scientist, ah ha ha, the irony is literally now God of all that there is. I mean, not saying that they say that, but he has created the universe. Now he's had the help of Franklin doing the imagining. But he puts it in order using Molecule Man's power. He is God. Okay. So you're and he's saying that he's learned not to be petty, da 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 da, and all this stuff, and not to, to go on these things. Then why is Victor Von Doom a tyrant anyway? In other words, why did you even leave that as history? Why, why did right, you leave right. him being bitter of the Fantastic Four? Like, in other words, why did you even allow him to become Victor Von Doom? Because in the new universe, he wouldn't be Victor Von Doom because you would... Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's, yeah. Not, No, I'm not saying that the Fantastic Four didn't exist for a while because the world is not saying they never heard of Fantastic Four. I'm just asking, if you're creating a new world and you're just trying to be like, you know what, let's try and do it a little bit better this time so that you do do the saving grace of fixing Victor who doesn't know why he's fixed, then why did you even make him a tyrant? Like, why did you still give that thought? Out yeah, to the world. That's true. You know, definitely true. It's just one of those weird things. I mean, I know that obviously it's to keep Marvel's universe. It's some kind of a spin. It's just to sell comic books. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's really what it is. I'm just saying that, like playing devil's advocate, I'm like, well, if you're telling me that Reed has created these universes, then why? You know? Yeah. It's just it's just a lot. I, I just I wasn't a fan of the ending. I wasn't a fan that that they're gods and then they also have to. And now we've got to map this universe out. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm definitely lost on that one. Oh, um, man. All right. So, so, so let, before we go into ratings, go into about I have the, thing, but, but no, no. As they go into uh, you, um, we were talking about the significance of the alternate universes. Um, then you say you know we talk about the significances of the alternate universes. The fact that you know now we have Earth Prime, right? And then you say we're going to go into talking about the significance. Oh, I was just about to say why we have the alternate universes, which right. is because of Franklin and Reed. Oh, I was just okay, about okay. to explain why they were there. Um, I'm still lost, though, as to why Johnny and Ben are not with them. I don't mean as in they didn't yeah. explain. They're not dead. Right. So they're not dead. Right. In fact, Sue goes, well, you know, they have their own work. Their, their right. lives aren't finished. I'm like, wait, you mean Johnny and Ben that you dragged with them on every scouting and, and cataloging mission you've ever done as a Fantastic Four 
suddenly you don't want Johnny and Ben to be there. Sue, just admit you don't want them around. Like, like <laughs> just be honest, bitch. <laughs> See, what happened was, all right, so. Oh, boy, here, here we go. The kids are smart enough on their own, so they, they can do their own thing. But Ben and Johnny tend to really stick around Sue and, and Reed. So they want their alone time. So with them out of the way, you know, now they can make more little kids. Isn't that what I just said? It's Sue. Admit that you don't want them around. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, just admit it. <laughs> I was just going into more detail. Oh, there you go. All yeah. right, all right. Ratings for um, Secret you, Wars. You didn't want to retitle that? No, at all. <laughs> at all. Secret Wars, the war that is not so secret. <laughs> uh, I, shit. I, I, just, just, I would just retitle it Fantastic Four, their final shitty adventure that only made me hate them more. <laughs> I, I, would, I hated them by the end. I would retitle it Marvel. Fuck you, fans. We're going to do it our way. Yeah. Money, Seriously. money, money. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, by the end of that adventure, I'm like, I despise the Fantastic Four more than I ever have and that's in hard. my life. And that's it's, hard. <laughs> it's, uh, Secret Wars, Von Doom Swan Song. all right ratings for secret wars this version i'm gonna give it three what the come on the fuck out of (laughs) ten because see how that didn't make sense neither did this fucking miniseries exactly ralph i'm gonna give it uh three oh my god thanos just got killed with a punch through his chest and he grabbed his spine and boom von doom killed him out of five out of five Wait, so you give, you give it a three out of five? A six out of ten? Sure. Wow. All right. Okay, Mike. I give it four. Cyclops went down like a bitch out of ten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Phoenix Force, you still can't get it done. <laughs> nope. Gene reason- Gray put up more fight. <laughs> <laughs> my score was kind of high because I like the art. Okay. Well, I, 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 that, I, was, I that was my four. I mean, <laughs> that was about it. You Dude, know. that was my three. <laughs> yeah. The art was worth four. The art was great to look at, and the colors were great, but that was about it. Yeah. All right. So, see, um, there you have it. Secret Wars. Not much of a secret. This sucked. So, we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, after we try to rewrite the Secret Wars ourselves, and I think where Ralph is going to involve a tank. Yep. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Hey, comic fans, Shine and Bosch here. If you also happen to be into larger life heroes and tights, a.k.a. professional wrestling, then head on over to 4 for the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling. Bosch and myself taking behind the scenes to past and present with all your top wrestling promotion and news. So listen, visit 4LifePodcast.com, download us on iTunes or Stitcher, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at 4 Podcast. Because when you listen to your podcast, you listen to it. Four. Now back to the cap, Ralph the Tech, and Mike the Finance Guy. Meanwhile, 22 pages later. Howdy. I'm the cap. We're going to talk about a real kick-ass movie. From Quentin Tarantino called The Hateful Eight. And with the synopsis of this movie, please give it to my partner, MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. That was interesting. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can't do a cowboy impersonation anymore because every time I do it, who do I hear in my head? 
Rick Grimes. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, God damn. I hear Clint Eastwood and the music came on and it was I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking Rick Grimes. I fucking hate Mike. <laughs> so with a synopsis of The Hateful Eight, the new movie by Quentin Tarantino is MFG Mike the Finance Guy. That's a better intro for you. I was fine. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I was trying to snarl. That shit was hard. Yeah, that, that wasn't working. Snarl. <laughs> you would have been shot a lot in the Old West. Shit. I'd be somebody's maid. <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> you to talk. <laughs> There's no tanks there, bitch. Go Mammy Cap? Mammy Cap? Mammy Cap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Hateful Eight is, duh, the eighth movie directed by Quentin Tarantino. The film was also written and narrated by Tarantino. Set in the snowy landscape of Wyoming in the 1870s, the film revolves around eight strangers who end up in a stagecoach stopover in a mountain pass during a fierce blizzard. Real or imagined secrets abound, and some or all of the strangers might not be who or what they appear. The movie was given a limited release on December 25th, then a wide release on December 30th. The Hateful Eight has received mostly positive reviews, with Rotten Tomatoes giving it a 76%, and Metacritic 69 out of 100. Synopsis. Scene opens. Two guys walking down the hallway in a high school when they bump into each other. Guy one. You got mystery in my western. Guy two. And you got western in my mystery. But when they taste these two together, they just kind of shrug and keep going their separate ways. <laughs> Neither one was disappointed nor overly impressed with the combination. End scene. And maybe that's the best way to describe this. Basically, mystery western film set in what feels like a one-set stage play. Tarantino gives us a room full of not nice people doing not nice things and talking a lot about the not nice things they've done in a period in America that was not nice for anyone. Then the movie ends. But not before asking and answering the question... How long does racism exist when the Green Reaper, Reaper me, when the Green Reaper enters the room? <laughs> All right, now the movie is starring Samuel Jackson as Major Marquis Warren, aka the Bounty Hunter, Kurt Russell as John Ruth, aka Hangman, Jennifer Jason Leigh as Daisy Domergue, aka the Prisoner, Walton Goggins as Sheriff Chris Mannix, aka the Sheriff, Damian Bashir as Bob also known as Marco the Mexican, a.k.a. the Mexican. Tim Roth as Oswaldo Mowbray, English Pete Hickox, a.k.a. the Little Man. Michael Madsen as Joe Gage, a.k.a. Grouch Douglas, a.k.a. the Cowpuncher. Bruce Dern as General Sandy Smithers, a.k.a. the Confederate. James Park as O.B. Jackson and Channy Tatum as Jody Domagu. All right, so let's get right into it. Hateful Eight. There's been a lot of anticipation of this film. Mm-hmm. I know that the, um, at some point the script had leaked in 2013. Yeah. And um, Tarantino had tried to cancel it. Well, he actually even thought about like just making it into a novel. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, I read that. He was like, eh, maybe I'll just make it into a novel. Mama. But then I guess he changed the ending. Okay. Um, I don't know how much other else he changed. But I'm, I'm wondering what the original ending was. Uh, the original... I don't know if it was the end of it, but I definitely know that uh, the, Mark, the Michael Madsen character, Joe Gage... Uh, he wanted him to warn me. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I hate when Rob does that. He, he signals me and then I'm like, do you want me to not talk? <laughs> are you going to stop the show? Uh, are, would you like a definite more signal? <laughs> okay, you may so, continue. Back to what I was saying. Um, I, I, I think at some point what, one of the changes was uh, that the Joe Gage character, uh, instead of being shot, that he was forced to drink the poison coffee. Right. I don't know if that was the end of the story or... But you know, that was part one of the elements uh, and if that was changed. Yeah. All right. So let's go right into it. Hateful Eight. Um, 
I know Mike's a big fan of westerns. So I, I was I was interested. As long as it's not John Wayne, I'm good. Uh, wow. Okay. If you ever come into Mike's apartment, you'll see all the western uh, memorabilia that he has in his house. It's incredibly overloading to the senses. <laughs> yeah, that horse head always bothered me, but now I understand why he has it. Yeah. That's from The Godfather. Wow. <laughs> I never understood why he had those chaps in the saddle, but I don't want to ask him. Wow. I, I don't like my ass to get warm. <laughs> Then buy a saddle with... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, did you... Was the movie what you expected? And I guess it's a weird place to start with our review, but was the movie what you expected? Because Tarantino has a reputation of doing a certain type of genre. He likes a lot of blood. He likes a lot of wordy, quick kind of um, um, banter and dialogue. Right. Um, And he likes a lot of back and forth in time. Right. And he also likes... uh, He likes to shock. He like oh yeah he definitely like shock. shock he definitely yeah. like shock so now all of that stuff was there but in did diff- you say blood yes gore blood said. yeah okay. you you were looking at the TV at the time yes I was I was looking at <laughs> Jennifer Love at- huge tits yes <laughs> and Anne Hetch who is still confused about whether she has a career or not uh, <laughs> we're but, pretty certain she doesn't <laughs> so um, even though all that stuff was involved to an extent in this film it was done very differently did was this film what you expected Ralph. What? Oh, that was to me? Shut up. <laughs> um, honestly, like, I was thinking it was going to be something else, you know, like, uh, I thought it was going to be better than what it actually was. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed in the whole story. It felt kind of uh, long-winded at certain times, you mm-hmm. know, like, there was some, a lot of useless dialogue. That whole, the whole, uh, them, uh, was this, Samuel Jackson's character and the hangman and all of them just trying to first getting to um, Mimi's haberdashery. Right. It felt way too long that it needed to be. And that whole confrontation with him, like, oh, wait, uh, I don't know who you are. Hold up, put your guns over there. Wait a second, I know who you are. Right. And then you're still not trusting them. Like, he's like, I got, I want to protect my money, whatever. I'm like, are you serious? Come on, this right. is way too much. Now, I mean, I also did not feel that the movie uh, was what I expected. And of course, obviously, that's our own fault for having our own expectations. But, you know, we just know Tarantino. Um, I was actually with the film up um, up until and maybe even shortly after they reached Mamie's Haberdashery because I, I had a build up for uh, something that I did not receive. However, I will agree with Ralph that unlike most Tarantino films, like I mean, his he's always heavy on dialogue, and I'm fine yes. with that. This dialogue wasn't. I didn't feel it was often, not always, but I didn't feel it was often as clever nor um, as essential as his normal dialogue was. And that, um, especially like, like Ralph pointed out with, um, with uh, him meeting uh, the bounty hunter, Samuel Jackson and meeting the sheriff, uh, Walter Gogans. Initially when he's talking to them, it's not so much that people could say, well, we need to know who they were, but I'm like, yes, but you actually told us everything. I mean, like it wasn't clever. It's it, at no point do I re- I meet anybody and I just go, give me exposition now, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and it felt like exposition. It didn't feel like, normal talk it felt like someone trying to make exposition sound like normal talk and i was i was and i noticed that when i was watching the film and i was very kind of embarrassed for tarantino because i'm like i've never noticed your you know because i mean you know all people have to throw in your exposition you have to give these backgrounds and explanations and try and seem to make them seem natural and real he normally gets away with that but this time it felt very much very like stilted. yeah it felt very much like um hey who are you and tell me in detail everything about you no, no, <laughs> you know? and then it's like 
when uh, this guy, uh, the sheriff, was with um, the major in in the in the coach in the coach with, right with the hangman, mm-hmm. right. and you're like, do you know who this guy is? Do you know who he is? Right. You felt oh like yeah, you were- he. Why, why don't you tell him who you are? Exactly. Oh, he burned <laughs> and, and burnt down a whole prison, killing this amount of uh, Southern infantry. But you know why he's also uh, was uh, almost arrested on the other side because there was a lot of Northern soldiers in there too. Right. Blah 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 blah. blah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, and it's usually he's I, I, Tarantino is much more clever than that, and this one just felt like. Eh. That's why I said, uh, um, you know, it felt it felt more like a play to me. Like where a play, you kind of forgive people for just kind of going on and, and about backstory because uh, you kind of get you have to give it to me. But this is a movie, and it's not a short movie. It's yeah. almost three hours long. It was yep. two hours and forty seven yeah. minutes. Yeah, it, you know, it's almost three hours long. So I'm like, what were you rushing for exactly? You know, so I was I was a little bit shaky it, with that. It took me about five hours to watch this thing. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah take breaks. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, wow. old school intermission. Remember when the movies used to have intermission? No, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're, me, you're me and you are close to the same age, and I'll admit that for once. We're, we're close to the same age, so you're, therefore you're I'm alone on the, You're alone on that one, Kat. Oh, fuck <laughs> out of here. But, I mean, I guess I was a little more forgiving because there's a part of me that thought, you know what? Because we have to know about these characters, I guess the fact of building a story, you you have to be a little long-winded. Because for me, you always hear my complaint about pacing. Right. One of my, if you if you go over a lot of my reviews, it's all about pacing, and it, and it took too long, and it took too long, and it took too long to build. And I felt like, you know what? And I guess maybe that's me fighting myself. It was like, no, give it a chance. They have to set. They have to set the scene. So I guess for me, I was kind of like, all right, you know what? Maybe this has to happen. Maybe okay. you have to explain things. So for me, I wasn't as bothered, but I was also because me making myself aware of the fact that it's taking too long. No, don't get bothered. Wait for right. it to happen. See, like I, I felt like I said. I mean, I felt that it was too much too soon because, for instance, who do, who of all the characters do you still have a lot of mystery about? You still have a lot of mystery about. Um, Daisy Domergu. Yes. Like in other words, we know that yes, we, we find out like what evil band she's with, but what exactly what did, she, did do? she do? We still don't know. And that's fine. That's not a fault of the film. But my point was her, the entire film was a mystery, and yet you well, gave everybody else actually. They did say she was wanted for murder. Right, but they didn't say like in other words, like, oh, like, like in other words, for instance, we like you just said, we got a blow by blow on what Samuel Jackson's character did. And what the her, sheriff right, did. Right, right, right. Everybody. Yep. Her was like, oh, she's wanted for murder. And you're like uh, must be pretty big murder if it's ten thousand dollars on her head and you know blah, blah 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 and she's to be hanged i'm like you know and again i didn't feel cheated it's just that like i liked that mystery i liked the fact that i kept building up i kept thinking in my mind watching the whole movie i'm like maybe she killed like her husband and her their whole family yeah like i and it was cool i liked imagining this part because right. it wasn't important to the story so like normally i say don't leave everything to my imagination because you have to tell me something that wasn't essential to the story so i liked having that imagination but right. the other characters you just told me everything and i'm like oh well i, well, well, I now, don't now, really want to know as much <laughs> we're on the roll so we might as well speak of yeah. <laughs> you know. um i was thinking you know what but maybe tarantino did that because he used it as the same way that he used the suitcase in pulp fiction where you didn't know the contents of it and it wasn't really i mean it was everybody wanted it but he felt it wasn't as important to the story. You just knew the suitcase was valuable and people, everybody was after it. Well, Wait, you never well, find out what's in the suitcase? No, the suitcase is a MacGuffin. There's nothing important about that suitcase to the story. It's just what drives the story. Uh, it's just like, um, just like, for instance, the Maltese Falcon. Like, it's actually what it is is not important to the story. It's just the fact that everybody wanted it. That's what the story is actually about. It's not about the Falcon itself. It's about everybody that wants it and what they're willing to do to get it. 
You know, um, so yeah. Mike Finance, Mike, Mike the Finance Guy's word of the day? McGuffin. McGuffin. <laughs> McGuffin. Moist. <laughs> Maybe that should be my name. <laughs> what, what was it before? Uh, something H- Hank Johnson. Hank Johnson? <laughs> Hank McGuffin. <laughs> Continue, Mike. <laughs> Hank Moist. Hank Mo- Moist McGuffin. There we go. <laughs> the spongiest of them all. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. I earned that one. I worked hard for that one. <laughs> Here's another one. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so what were you saying, Mike? I'm sorry. No, no. I'm just saying that, that was my point with that is that um, I, I like the mystery that surrounded her. Um, I, I like I said, the exposition position I thought was a bit much. Um, and again, I was surprised with the Tarantino film. But, but that being said, again, I was with that movie all the way up. And even through like maybe even um, the, the next act that involved uh, Minnie's haberdashery, I, I really, because I expected them, well, to leave that room. I, I really expected them to leave that room at some point. Um, and again, that's my fault for my expectations. But there hasn't, except for um, Reservoir Dog, when you realize that's his first film, and, and it's an excellent film, so there's not a complaint about that. Um, there's no other film that I can think of. No, there's no other directed by Tarantino film that takes place in a room. Yeah, Jackie Brown, no. Pulp Fiction, no. Inglourious Bastards, no. Right. Um, Death Proof, Death Proof. Uh, De- Django Unchained Kill Bill Volume 1 or 2 none of these occurred like that and again it doesn't mean that you can't switch up your style it's not about that it's just that um, and this is this is a movie geeky thing with me like the fact that I knew that he shot this in 70mm film that is what you use for epic like epic shots that's for epic storytelling like Inner Cellar is shot in 70mm like it's it's because it's a it's well, as you might imagine 35 to 70 um 70 millimeter it's it's a much larger actual film um a, a film size mm-hmm. so you're you're trying to get and it's also to gather in more information like you wouldn't usually use that to shoot in a small room because you're you're trying to get the 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 feel of scenery and of this of, of the enormity of everything that's right. why you're shooting that so when you're telling me you're shooting that i'm thinking i'm not again i didn't think because it's a western this is django part two i just thought like hey i saw how you shot a western this is going to be another Western with these really hateful eight people. I didn't think it was going to be a one room mystery, you know? Yeah. And 12 angry men. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> you know? Um, so I was a bit let down with that, uh, on that side. My other question is who are the eight? Cause there was more, there than, was nine. Yeah. Well, there were nine of them or 10 actually. Cause with the guy that was underneath. Um, yes. That's Channing true. Tatum. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, but yeah, I got, I said the same thing. Cause at somewhere in midway, I'm like, well, there's nine of them. And then I kept saying, am I miscounting it? So, like, there were certain parts where the dialogue wasn't quite as important. I'm like, there's a film. And then I would get to OB and I go, and OB makes nine. I'm like, no, there's nine of them. And this is before the, the reveal of underneath. So I'm like, no, there's there's constantly nine of them. Why is it called the hateful eight? I guess because OB didn't hate that much. But he hated, he hated, um, he hated Ruth. If, if you <laughs> that was so funny. He was like, I'll be fucking goddamn if I'm going back out in that cold again. <laughs> so if, if, all right. So if you count the original four riders. Right? Well, there was four. I mean, technically it was supposed to be the four in the coach and then the four in the, the four unknown people in the thing. That's what we're supposed to be counting. You know? Okay. I, I guess. And that's including the, uh, the general. All right. I, I'm imagining. Okay, so I don't feel so bad about not not being too sure about who the eight were. Okay, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> um, what did you think about these characters? The fact that I don't think out of... I remember one time we, we talked about a movie and there was a bunch of characters and nobody was likable. Um, oh, but there's no one likable in this. I mean, there's people you might root for or laugh with. I mean, but there... I don't believe Tarantino wrote any of them to be likable at all. I hated Samuel L. Jackson's character. Um, His character rubbed me a bit. And I think, you know, I mean, again, you're not supposed to love him. I mean, because there was no lovable character. It's, 
he became a little bit too speechy. And again, I know that's Tarantino, but maybe again, like Ralph said, maybe it's just because it just felt often like filler instead of like clever commentary. Yeah. And then it's like, my biggest question is like, did he really kill the general's son or was that all just him giving him well, we a reason know. to shoot? Well, right? that is now, that is stuff. Some of the stories yeah. are mysteries. We don't know. Like, we really don't know. So you can go with it if you if it makes you feel better or if it doesn't make you feel better. But yeah, I mean, there is some that is left to mystery even in the storytelling. You know, and that's one of them. Speaking of which, what did you guys think of Tarant- um, Tarantino? Um, Sam, Sam Jackson's story. Well, yeah, it's funny because... Um, that, I did not like his narration. My, it my broke wife. me out of that movie immediately. The, mo- the first time it was... Was that was that episode... I mean, was that scene three or four is the first time he speaks over when he's like, and time went by. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell just happened? You yeah. Know? I think it was three. Yeah. Um, I mean, how did you guys feel not only about that, but how did you feel about um, S- Sam Jackson's story to the general? Um, it The thing is, it felt like... Uh, a Tarantino move? Well, no, it, well that. Um, but it felt like... A, definitely a Tarantino move. But it felt like a, someone trying to egg on somebody. Like, I, I'm sure there's some truth because he, the fact that he seemed to know a little bit about the son probably means he ran into him. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that he wouldn't have done all the, the, the crazy, hateful things that he said that he did. Um, but it felt like an untruth. But um, and, and in that, I found it to be uh, a humorous story. Yeah. Like, I found myself like kind of snickering a little bit, you know, <laughs> because, it, because it didn't feel like a truth. Like, it didn't feel like, oh, my God, that's so horrible. It felt like, all right, I'm calling bullshit on that scene right there. <laughs> you know? No, I, 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 he, here's a glimpse of watching Mike, watching Hateful Eight, wherever he's at. <laughs> Tell him to suck his dick. <laughs> That's pretty funny. He's gonna fall for it too. <laughs> oh no, wait, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> That's what I was. I was like, I was laughing my ass off. But I was, I definitely was curious about. I, I was a little bit. I was a little bit thrown off like okay well are they gonna tell the story you know whether is Sam Jackson's a liar or, you know or right. did he, I was hoping that they would do that reveal but they didn't. But um, well, I mean, like I mean again. And again, this is not a fault of the movie because this is about the fact that because part of the movie is that these people are liars. In other words, it's not we're not, scoundrels, yeah. right? Right, it's exactly. We're yeah. not supposed to be looking at it like I'm going to analyze every little thing and figure out which one's lying. It's like they're all lying about something, so it's not that. But like little things, for instance, that to me, if I was a listener to somebody telling me this tall tale, I would go, "So you're telling me you had a naked man walking for over two hours in the absolute freezing cold?" Because he's saying it's even colder than it is there. Now. Yeah, and I'm like. I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> yeah, he, like he would have passed out long before that. You know? Or shriveled up. Yeah, exactly. You know. So there was little things. That's why, like I said, again, I found the story more humorous than like, <gasps> gasp. <laughs> what about you, Ralph? I know you're somebody that, because you're forgiving, you're like, oh, no, I like that. Or oh, that was kind of funny. Or, you know. I thought it was kind of funny, but it's like, it, me, it left me wondering. It's like, because we already know he was lying about the Lincoln letter. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is he lying about this just to provoke the general so he could shoot him? Because he puts the gun yeah. down oh, right before, before he, he tells the story. story. Yeah. So it's like, huh. Well, I mean, well, even, Did you really do this? Well, even the sheriff, remember, even the sheriff was telling him, he was like, don't let him provoke you. He's just trying to provoke you. Because mm-hmm. the sheriff didn't believe the story. <laughs> you know, he's oh. like, he just wants to shoot you. And then that was like a quick thing. It's like, I understand that everybody else was trying to kill them. Right. But then how they all just like buddy, buddy right at the end. Well, yeah, I mean, well, we'll get to that's like one of my weird things. I was actually having a discussion with a friend of mine about how I feel about that. And I see it from a couple of different ways, but we'll get around to that pretty soon. Right. I, I do like how um, they, I, I guess if it was a, a justified reference or whatever, how they were saying, I think it was Samuel Jackson's character that told um, the sheriff, said uh, something about his like silver tongue or something or, or like uh, 
your quick tongue or something. Right. In reference to him being a quick talker. Right. I, I don't know if that was like a reference to him in Justified because when he was in Justified, he was. But that was about to say, um, uh, Walter Gogans. As much as I mean, I thought he did a good job. That was the sheriff. Yeah. Um, as much as I thought he did a good job, I thought he was much more racist and much more hated yeah. in Justified. He was excellent as Boyd um, Boyd Crowder in yeah. Justified. All right. And if the thing, I, you've never seen it, right? Never yeah. seen it. If you were ever to see him in that, you would go, "Wow, he could have really done a much better performance than." In Hateful Eight, because you really hated Boyd Crowder um, in that episode. And it wasn't like one of those where you built up. Like, the first time you see him in episode one, you know exactly who this man is, and you already hate him. And and uh, it's surprising, considering that this is a Western, where this one is more of like a country, Western-ish feel on the TV show, and this is a Western. Um, I was surprised that he didn't, or was not instructed to, I don't know which it is, to bring that same type of character. Yeah. I thought if he had brought Boyd Crowder... That I think his sheriff character would have been even more like slimy and much more just just nasty. Like, like you really would if you didn't like him before, you really wouldn't have liked him. Do you, you know? think? Because it sounds like the way you talk about Boyd Crowder it sounds like he's a kind of an over the top character. It, I mean, in comparison to what he played now, do you over think the maybe, top but not overacting? But yeah. do you, but do you think that maybe um, Tarantino stayed away from that because you already got a couple of other characters that are a little bit too large and you kind of want to even it out a little bit? Very possible. I, again, like I said, that's why I don't know if he chose not to or you know because again sometimes actors are also like you know I don't want to repeat a character like they you know so that could have been his choice. Yeah, that's um, true. Or like I said, it could have been Tarantino. Again, it doesn't make the the character in the movie bad um i just expect it more because i know what he's capable of in playing like a a racist character and i right. and i just was waiting for i kept in fact waiting for it like to be like the other face was going to come out and you see even more but then you realize no that's just the character you got you know? right I, I thought it was a little like i don't know like cheesy or, or like hokey whenever like when he first met uh the major he's like oh my god you know gee golly whatever my right. dog whatever you know, it's you. And then when he meets the 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 colonel, is it inside the general? Uh, the, is it a general? That was a colonel. General uh, Sa- General Sam uh, Sam Smithers. Yeah, general the, the old the old yeah. man in the chair. Yeah. General Smithers. General. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, it's like because he's white and he's got a white beard. He's got to be a colonel. I don't know. Well, he wasn't eating fried chicken. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, call my dog, whatever, Sally, something, something like that, something southern there. And then he's like. If it isn't you, General, whatever. I'm like, are you serious? How many times are you going to do that? And then when someone else, wait, wait a second, you're the hangman? Oh, gosh, darn, darling. Right. I think, again, and again, for us and those of us that have seen Justify, I think it's, again, because we also know that sweet-talking boy Crowder would have mm-hmm. done it better yeah. and with more sincerity I and know. yet creepy believability because it's just, you you have to see the character to I, understand. I, I, he I'm he just does it, it now. so yeah. well, you know. All right, so since we're on, 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 the, um, on the, the subject of characters, who was your favorite character out of these people that were stuck in this place? Um, I'm probably no. biased. I'm a huge Kurt Russell fan, and I really did love him as John Ruth. I, I just, I liked his character a lot, you know. Uh, my favorite character was uh, horse number four that was pulling the carriage. <laughs> <laughs> the way that he played that carriage horse, oh my god, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's he, funny because he played a dog in another movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually kind of like Kurt Russell. Like his, he had an interesting dynamic with um, with uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah, because because like, it's like uh, at one point he's hitting her in the face, and then the next. He's wiping food off her face. That was my. In fact, there was because the thing, when I saw it, um, I saw it at matinee, and so it wasn't a lot of people in there. Um, I just saw it just this past uh, week, and um, I'm two seats from some guy that I do not know because we're like kind of prime angling for watching a movie, and uh, or maybe three seats away from this guy, and 
I would see him laugh at around the same time I would laugh on something like that. But we both looked at each other and cracked out when he smashed her face while she was eating food. And then he was just like basically like, you know, just yelling at her that he just wiped at her mouth to get that food. I just lost it. I thought that was the funniest thing like ever, you know. Um, he, I just thought he, he really worked with his material, and I think he just developed again a a, a character that begs you to know more about because he's also a character you don't get but so much. Right, you know he's a bounty hunter, and you right. know he's you know. At the same time, you don't get the feeling that there was a lot of secrets behind him, but he's also a character that you didn't feel like I know everything about this guy for the most part. Right. You know, well, we know that he um, he's at least taken in a lot of bounties, and he always takes them in alive. Right. So he's got to be one tough son of a bitch. Right. And also pretty kind of sadistic. I mean, you really think about it. Like, yeah. like you know, to... Because there's a lot... You know, we're not talking about, like, the cops today that, like, you pick up a criminal and then, like, you're 10 minutes later, you're at the police station and then you never see him again. It's like, you know, depending on where he picks them up, he's with them for days on end. Which, think about it. Every time you look at this person, no matter how polite your conversation is, you're just like, I'm taking you to hang. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's that's a sadistic motherfucker right there. Yeah. I'm like, you know, like, I mean, and then to then take you there. And then evidently from what Samuel Jackson says, he watches. Yep. So it's like, so think about it. That's like, that's like being, you know, like having the family cow out on the farm and then you're the one that has to kill it for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. You know, but it's like he, he feeds them, he takes yeah. care of them, makes sure they're well. Yeah. And then yeah. watches oh. them die. I'm like, that's. And so that's what I thought was interesting because his his character, although very paranoid at times, and and obviously in that day and age, uh, you know, so. rightfully yeah. so. Um, and but at the same time, like you said, you saw the side of him that was kind of a gentleman at times, kind of an ass at times. But then you realize how like twisted he had to be to mm-hmm. take care of somebody just to have them murdered. Because think of it, he's making sure she's well fed. He's not like you're not getting any food, you're gonna die anyway. He's he, like, eat up. <laughs> he, he gave her his last piece of jerky. Yeah. yeah. He's like, here's a jerky last piece. And you're like and I noticed that and I thought that was very interesting because I said those are the little things that I like from Tarantino. Those are the little things that just go good storytelling because I don't because I don't want in your movie for you to explain why he gave her that jerky. I want to sit there and go, what kind of person is this that yeah. that's t- that beating her up whenever she gets out of hand, taking her to die, but last piece of jerky? Sure. You know, like that I like that. I love that yeah. kind of storytelling. You know? I mean, uh, I, it's funny. I liked a lot of the characters. I mean, I, I liked them because they were all different. Right. They're all, they're different. all very unique. And, you know, um, even though... You can hear Tarantino, even though people say no, you can't. I can hear Tarantino's yeah. style. This time you can definitely dialogue. hear Tarantino. I think more I, than most movies. I was surprised that he didn't have a cameo in the, in the movie. I think that's what his narrative. I think he was being clever. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> here's my cameo. I'll put my voice in there and fuck it all up. <laughs> I mean, I liked all of them. I, I what's funny? I was interested in. Oh, the do you me- not have a favorite? What you pose the question I, I, and don't I, have? A I, favorite? I was. Could you let me finish? <laughs> I was like, get on I, with it. I'm saying, out of all, so of, wait, I like. What was your favorite? Well, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I liked Kurt Russell, but I also liked the Mexican for some reason. I was just about to ask you. Don't tell me you like Bob. Oh, well, Senor Bob. Well, because yeah. he, 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 he reminds Mex- him of a he, he didn't play much as Mexican, so I was wondering, was he really Mexican? You know, like, right. uh, and just, you know. I don't he, think he, he is. I, I didn't think he was either. Um, the, the, the thing about it was that throughout the whole thing, he just seemed kind of shifty the entire right. time. But oh, there was be, nothing trustworthy about that oh, man. man. From the moment he showed up, you're like, I didn't trust that man. <laughs> I was like, wow. I, I was very interested when, when, when he was... And, and just his short answers and yeah. trying to keep it simple and trying to keep the rules going. Right. Yeah, so I was like, all right, okay. I mean, everybody else is really good. Like, I mean, I love... Um, what's his name? Um, Tim, 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 Tim Roth. Roth. Oh. I like Tim Roth. I, I mean, again, I know that... I guess I guess um, if, if I find fault with it, the answer would be 
as the real character, he felt that he was playing another character. I just felt that um, his innocent Oswaldo Mowbray character felt like he was acting. But I okay. don't. But I don't know if that. If, if that like was said, the motivation. Right. Was he supposed to like, like, you know, someone that's just going, I'm fucking with you and I'm going to let you know I'm fucking with you because when it reveals at the end that I was lying, you're going to go, oh, that's why you seem like you were faking it. Right. right. Like, I mean, and again, maybe that's what it was. I just, there were times when he was talking, I'm like, between, and especially since he was English and maybe because he was maybe, maybe a poor English where they had that kind of a hackney kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was trying to talk more proper, but I felt like he was overdoing his English accent. And therefore, it just sounded like, I'm like, this sounds really fake. And I don't mean in a movie way. I mean, it just sounds right. really fake. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, my, my, my next big question. Um, we, we Like we said, this, this movie, because the Tarantino movie have certain elements in it. Um, did you feel like the Tarantino-esque violence was appropriate for this tale? Because there's violence and then there's Tarantino yeah, He's just violence. not going to let us answer, is he? No, go ahead. Oh, seems seems familiar from about five minutes ago. <laughs> so, what do you think? I can talk if you if you, if you can get a word in edgewise. <clears throat> I dare you to try. Oh, well, you know, like the one Mike does. I does thought that it was actually quite well done in the violence department. Yes, it it was. How should I say? Very exquisite. The amount of blood that was, uh, you know, excuse uh, was it. Ex- expressed no, I don't know this is your story you tell us it's your accent too <laughs> the amount of blood that was in the movie was quite acceptable I, I actually thought there would be more though at the very end everyone did seem to be covered in blood so Th- that whole projectile vomit blood thing was kind of cool I actually thought that was kinda, okay it was, I thought I was expecting like some sort of like diarrhea or something you know I was like what kind of poison is that that makes you puke up blood or some shit you know a really good one <laughs> really? a really good one a messy hey, one chop up razor plays real fine you can do anything um I'm used to uh, Tarantino violence and I am definitely I'm a horror movie fan so I'm very prone to watching violence on it but I don't know I, I, I found this violence I mean except for certain scenes where it was more like just normal killing of somebody like you know they just got shot or something like that I felt that that kind of violence seemed fine and, and worked in the film oh, uh, the getting shot part yeah um, but the other stuff like like heads being blown apart yeah, well, with, with bits of brain spewing or stuff like that I just felt again I'm not ashamed of gore and I know that Tarantino throws it in a lot but it was so over the top that I again found it more humorous than anything like, like it, it kind of broke me a bit from the film you know Right. It made me wonder, like, what kind of bullets did that gun have? Because when Samuel Jackson shot the Mexican, right, right, his head just blew up with two shots. I'm like, yeah. The, does he have explosive tip bullets? Yeah, or something? yeah. It was just, yeah, it was just one of the things, or or um, or, or Channing Tatum's head. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it was just a poof. It's like I'm like, was it a blood blister? He had Dirty <laughs> Harry's gun. Yeah, it was a Desert Eagle. I, I think also the, the thing that for, for um, the reason why I posed the question is because I felt like. Um, violence does go. Uh, violence can go hand in hand with westerns, right? And um, shooting violence, I agree with you, um, should be part of it. Um, I feel like some of the violence felt cartoony. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I you found know, it more humorous. And, and yeah. we know that, that Tarantino does it because with Kill Bill, right. you know, like the slicing in certain in certain scenes are very cartoony. Right. But the 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 scene he was setting for this movie. And the violence he was using for this movie seemed like it didn't fit. Like yeah, one, exactly. one, one didn't fit the other. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, now, oddly enough, and I know that this was a huge thing, and actually Tarantino handled it really well um, in the media, but there was a, a big outcry um, about the amount of violence that went to the only female character. Starring female character, anyhow. 
of the film. Um, but even Jennifer Jason Leigh defended it because um, she said that first of all, he's not a misogynist. He's he's just not um, even as a person. Not yeah, oh, Tarantino, yeah. Um, because he's, I mean, if you look back at all of his film, all of his films that have women and all the women are strong women, every mm-hmm. single one of them. Um, so anybody that just would cry, you know, misogynist on that just has never watched any of his movies. Um, and when, if you listen to Jennifer Jason Lee, when she talks about it, it is true. She's just like, if you notice though, the character of Daisy is, she's not written like a, like, she's not even pretending to be like, I'm just a woman that he's caught and captured. I mean, the fact that the first time you see, I don't know what that was for. <laughs> I, I, think Ralph, I think Ralph's just touching buttons. <laughs> I was waking up the computer. Ah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, waking up was happening. I don't know about the computer. <laughs> but, um, like, like, when you, like, I love the fact that the very first moment you see Daisy, she's got a big-ass black eye. Mm-hmm. Because that says a lot. In, 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 and says a lot and questions a lot. Meaning that, first of all, which is, okay, if she was just, I'm a woman, he would have just captured her. Yeah. So now that begs the question, did Kurt Russell's character just beat on her for the sake of it? But as we see of the character, that doesn't seem to be just, like in other words, he doesn't just beat on her. Like the only time he hits her is when she's done something that's kind of warranted it. Right. Quote, Not unquote, quote, unquote, warranted yeah. it. You know? So that then that, so that, so that if your initial thought is, wow, maybe he just beat up on a woman, seeing when he actually does hit her, then that says, oh, she's kind of a tough woman. Right. And then you start to realize, that, of course, by the time the big reveal comes out, she is tough um, and that she is a schemer and that she actually seems to enjoy the violence and, 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 and sees herself, I think, stronger because she's able to take it. Right. You know? So that I didn't find, um, I didn't find the, the treatment of, of her to feel misogynistic or anything like that. I, I thought it actually kind of made her equal because I, I feel that like if he didn't treat her the like if everybody in the room didn't treat her the way they treat everybody else then then you could make cries of well he's treating women differently da 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 right um but here he was just like nope she's just one of the people i won't even say one of the guys she's He's just one, one of the people, the people yeah. in this room and she gets it as well as she gives it out you yeah know? even um the woman who played mimi mm-hmm. right even she seemed like a strong confident woman. wait mini mini sorry yeah i'm sorry yeah sorry i don't want to say mimi Sweet Dave, ask me if I got a big ass. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I said, ask me. Why? <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> you have a big ass? We. Oui. Oui. <laughs> I speak French. <laughs> I love that scene. Did it feel like Chan Tatum was preparing for his role as Gambit? That's why he was all doing that. <laughs> I don't know. I, it was really weird. Like when I t- of all things, talk I about saw, some talk about somebody being out of place. Yeah, when I saw Chan, I'm like, I remember when he popped up. I went. Channing Tatum in a Tarantino film? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know Char- that Tarantino demanded his male stars to blow him. Wow. <laughs> oh, hence, this- hence where the where the major fucking warranty came from. Because <laughs> all I kept thinking was, I'm like, I, I mean, I you know, I just didn't see him as being the kind of guy Tarantino would be like, yeah, I want you in my film. I mean, not that it was wrong. Well, I mean, maybe, he didn't maybe, do a bad but, job. But, but, it was just weird. But when we talk about one of the things that Tarantino likes is shock value. Yeah, and that was, that actually opted up more than even the exploding heads. <laughs> that was, like, I was like, that's Channing Tatum. <laughs> Wait, what's Magic Mike doing here? <laughs> <laughs> is he going to dance? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, I didn't have any problem with, with, with um, the, um, the way that um, Jennifer Jason Lee's character was portrayed. Um, and and like you said, as it unfolds, you find out that you know she's a lot tougher than than is let on. Yeah. Um, one of the things that that, that had me wondering was um, wh- when did it become from a western to a mystery? And and I was like, I don't know how I felt about it. 
Yeah, it just kind I, of. I, it, I thought it was cool because it's like Black Batman watching right. <laughs> watching Major Warren like break down how he knew that right. it wasn't um, that, that, that it wasn't the the it wasn't Bob's fucking role to be watching. Right. You know, I like the way it broke down, but I was like, this seems a lot like a mystery. He's like, yeah. You you weren't here two years ago, were you? He's like, no, why? Well, if you were here two years ago, you would know that Mimi had a sign over there by over that bar that said. Uh, no dogs or Mexicans allowed. Right. And Mimi took that sign down two years ago. You know why? Because she started letting dogs in. Right. Which I thought was funny too. <laughs> <laughs> as mean as that was, it was funny. Um, no, I mean, it was a, yeah. The, the mystery, it, I know that that was even advertised. Like, you know, like there was a mystery, you know, like who's who or whatever. I didn't dislike the mystery. It just, it, just, it, it once just again, felt, didn't feel, it feel yeah, like a fit. It just felt weird in this movie. Like, and again, maybe if it wasn't in one room, I mean, maybe I just my mind would have been exercised a little bit more to come back for it. I don't know. I mean, again, liked it, eh. and then I guess the, what I found odd though was um, seeing how the the Domergue, you know, crew people show up when they actually show they cl- they turn back the time, you know, the, the clock, and we see them actually arrive there and what happened. Right. Um, before um, Ruth and Warren and all those people show up at, at the haberdashery, I wasn't as involved. I mean, I was involved in the storytelling of like, of like a, you know, our, what's going to happen to Minnie, what's going to happen to Sweet Dave at the haberdashery, stuff like that. I wasn't as involved with the criminal themselves. Like, you know, like, you know how sometimes when you find out that like these people that you didn't know who they were along, now you found out they were bad guys. After the reveal was that they were already the bad guys, me telling me being told how they got to being at the haberdashery didn't interest me as much. Wow. I, I feel I, like, you know, I mean, it's just weird. I just wasn't as interested. I agree, but for a different reason. I, I wasn't interested, I guess, because I was into the storytelling of what was happening now. And then the cut to this chapter where you're going to talk about how they got there. I'm like, oh, come on. Right. Come, you're kind of drawing me in. I mean, um, um, Sam Jackson just got shot in his ball. Spoilers. Right. And, and you know, you, you're watching him bleed to death, and half the and half and to, most of the cast is pretty much shot up or or hurt or you know whatever. And then you cut to this. I think yeah. that's for me why I wasn't interested. I, I think I was, some of that too. I think I was definitely interested on on um why the villains were and what was going on, but yeah. when, <clears throat> when it was you know okay, well we're going to talk about what happened with um um Minnie. It was just like whoa, right? So I was like, oh, you, it, it made just the way Tarantino's voice made you leave. Right, it, that made me leave. I can see that. Yeah. Now, now, what do we think though about? Uh, I mean, again, Tarantino, known for his commentary, I'm fine with his commentary. Whether I agree with it or not, I'm still fine with his commentary. Um, it usually feels, even if the people don't give definitive answers to whatever commentary he's trying to make into their dialogue, it still feels like you know you, he's built a case somewhere along the line. On both sides for whatever he's talking about, whatever his 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 conversation Kept is, it even. you know, um, it's not even about keeping it even, but like it felt like he was bringing up like maybe possible hot topics, and then they just, well, I'm done with that. Like, it, I, like, um, did you feel that with any of his conversation that like the subtext, not the actual conversation, the subtext he might be talking about, just kind of went poof after they I, had their sentences? Like, for instance, uh, two big lines that I'm sure most people definitely remember from the movie. You have. Um, two of them, which are the the opposites of each other. You have Sheriff Mannix that says, "Cause when niggers are scared, that's when white folks are safe." Right. And then you have, and it's not in response to that, but just later on, you have Major Warren saying 
the only time black folks are safe is when white folks is disarmed and this letter had the desired effect of disarming the white folks right it's like he's making two big points that's very relevant today but he didn't go anywhere it felt like with those points not saying he had to but just usually he does go somewhere with his points and it just felt like he threw out these like these 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 button pressing sentences and then was like yeah that's that yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely felt that way, but I also thought that um, I think he did that just to get the mind stirring, you know, but wanted you to stay, keep your mind on the plot. He didn't want it to be a social commentary about that or deeper into the character. We, we, we know that, you know, Maddox was, you know, a uh, uh, South sympathist and, right. and a former soldier. We know that Warren fought for the, for the North. Right. But, you know, I, I guess he felt like, you know, the, more, the story is about where these guys are going, not their stance on white and black. So you can throw that out. You can have an idea of what they're, you know, what they're saying. But let's just keep it pushing. I mean, again, I can see that too. I, I just felt that, like, um, you know, I mean, again, I have no other examples right offhand. I just felt like some of his other statements. You felt like, okay, I kind of see where that fit in the film and how you've addressed it in your way of not addressing it per se. Whereas some other things like the like those two, I just felt like he kind of threw them out there as you know hot button topics, and then was just kind of like, yeah, you well, know. we'll just leave, we'll just leave this there, yeah. Even though, I mean, racism obviously played a part, especially by the end, which is kind of leading up uh, to what Ralph had mentioned. Um, and I had talked to a friend of mine. I, too, kind of felt that we went from, like, like avid racist to, you're my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, one, two, three, like, like with no segue. It was just like, blink. <laughs> Everyone knows that a hanging always brings people together. Right, that's what it always does. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> hang, a hanging always brings people together. Right. Well, I mean, the thing is, they were together before, and now, granted, yes, you have you have the sheriff and you have um, you have the bounty hunter, uh, right. Warren, Major Warren, are in bad bad streets. They're they're not getting out of there alive, and you've got the threat of possible more people showing up that will kill them. Um, you've got an evil woman there, and still a couple of people that were alive at that time. And like I said, we're not talking about like. Wow, you know, let's just bond together to live. Like meaning that like I still hate your goddamn guts and I really don't like the sound of your voice, but keep an eye on that one, I'll keep an eye on that one. That kind of a thing. And then maybe led into something else. But it just went from nigga, cracker, oh, best buddy. You you watch that one, I'll shoot this one. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean I, I get that, like, you know, they always say if there's a common enemy, you know, lots yeah. of things go to the wayside it just felt like it immediately went to the it wayside it was a little bit too fast especially yeah. as strong as they were speaking before right exactly it's like oh can I see that letter uh, yeah. yeah here you go now now, and again and I did say to a friend of mine that when we were talking about this I said now flip side and seeing it as I because when we were talking about it I started you know seeing it maybe possibly a little differently and I said well also maybe maybe Tarantino was making the uh, statement too that because by this point they're, they know they're about to die they're, they're, they're not getting out of there alive um, that is this also a statement that for some people, or maybe for all of us, it, it can often take the idea of dying to be able to, to come together. Not just come together, but to realize we're just people. Like, right. like there is nothing left. We're just people. Nah, that's, that's, maybe that's, that was a that, statement. That's definitely true. Yeah. Nah, that's, that's definitely a way of looking at it. You've heard it here, folks. The cure to racism just put everybody in deaf, uh, <laughs> death defying situations. Yeah, death defying situations. <laughs> They'll come together. <laughs> Racism will be eliminated. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else before I go to renaming the movie? Uh, no. All right. All right. Um, if you had a chance to rename the movie, what would you rename it? I would rename it Clue, the 1800s. Kept it pretty simple. <laughs> All right. Mike. 
Um, I'd call it eight hateful uh, Reservoir Dogs Unchained. Because <laughs> it felt like I all three of those movies. All those elements it. were in there. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because um, G and I were kind of pointing out who was in what movie. Right. Yeah, and she kept, uh, I think she mistaken, um, what's his name? Um, she mistaken Tim Roth for um, the one who's in Django Unchained. The one who was. Yeah, he, yeah this is, Tim Roth hasn't been in a movie since. Of his, no, no, no. I mean, of, of Tarantino's direction. He hasn't been in a movie since, I think, maybe his third movie or something like that. Yeah. He was in like, his first three movies, and then he, this was the, the next time after that. All right. Ralph? Uh, Quentin Tarantino's PSA of where not to put a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> well done. All right. That's so funny. Oh, quiz question, though. Go right ahead. Speaking along that line. Uh-huh. Of, the t- of the films Tarantino directed, uh-huh. what actor has appeared the most, and what are the films? Wow, does he do a fucking quiz, a pop quiz? Come on, come on! All right, so let me see. And, and, and uh, let me ask this question as as my one hint: Is one of them in the hateful eight? Yes. Um, I'm putting my I'm putting my I mean, let's see. Sam Jackson. No. Yeah. No. Has to be Sam Jackson. No, I'm thinking about uh, Michael Madsen. All right. So then, what are they in? Pulp Fiction. Madsen was in Reservoir Dogs. Madsen was in Jackie Brown. I think Madsen was in um, Pulp. No, he wasn't in Pulp. Um, he was in Kill Bill 1 and 2. But that scene is one movie, but yeah. Not me. Okay, fine. Um, was Madsen in Glorious Past? No, he wasn't in Glorious Past. Okay, so I might be wrong. Okay, but. And Samuel Jackson? Yeah, no, never mind. It is Samuel Jackson. It is Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. He's Damn, been, I was right. He's been, out, of, out of eight films, he's been in six of them. He's been in Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Inglourious Bastards, Django Unchained, and now he Wait, played. Kill Bill? What was he in Kill Bill? He is the piano player that is in the place where Uma Thurman's getting married. Get, get, get it. Oh, that's right. He's, holy shit. Yep. yep. Wow. <laughs> he doesn't have a major role, but Wait, he actually is in that film. He was in Inglourious Bastards? Uh, yes, but I forget where. I, I just right offhand, I can't remember. Yeah, because I, I recently saw the movie, so I can't remember. I gotta see the movie again. All right, so ratings for the Hateful Eight. I can't even do the accent now because now I have no westerns in my head. I think I put all my westerns down the, into into the the review. Well, I'm surprised you didn't go for the only western you know, dude. The Hateful Eight, dude. <laughs> That's just the West. Eight, man. Oh my God, I terribly like. So I'm gonna give it a. Eight, don't drink the coffee out of ten, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't drink the coffee. Eight out of ten, it was pretty, it was entertaining, but it did, did run a little long. So eight out of ten. Ralph? Well, they're pilgrim. Oh, my God. Oh, Worse Lord. than mine. And it's John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as how I kind of enjoyed this movie, I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Wow. Nice. Okay. okay. I guess. I mean, the one that was missing from there is that one that's the thing that's stuck in your neck while you're yes. tilting it to the side when you're doing your accent. That one is just just stuck all up in there. You're a special cowboy. Yes. You're a special special cowboy. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> Yeehaw. Um, Mike. Um, again, like I said, I well, you've heard all the problems I have with the film. I still enjoyed it though, nonetheless, in its own way. Um, I gave it eight. As the nigger cow- in the stable has a letter from Abraham Lincoln <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> now say that as a cowboy. Say what? Say that whole thing as a cowboy. As a cowboy? Not as Rick Grimes. Oh, as a cow- um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'd have to think about a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, see, exactly. It's hard. <laughs> but I wouldn't do it without thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well done. There you go. Nice comeback. All right. So there you have it. The Hateful Eight. I have nothing else to say except it's Tarantino. Yay! Check it out. Fuck it. All right, but guys, wait, don't go anywhere. Geeks on the Go is next. Geeks on the Go. 
now let's rough. <laughs> and shit, what you just pulled right now, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I tell you one thing: if we would have recorded that conversation we just had right now. Yeah. It definitely wasn't spongy. No, <laughs> no. it was no. very moist, very moist. <sighs> Yo, by the way, what's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. We were I... just talking about that off the podcast about the people discuss with. Okay, I'm disgusted by the word moist. Really? Are you disgusted by the word shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> Mike and I were just talking, and Ralph were just talking about the idea that there's certain words that people find disgusting, and moist is one of them. I just don't get it. Moist and cunt. Moist and cunt, people just don't like. I, I just never got to it. I've always loved a, a moist cunt. But I'm bummed. And he has one. He didn't even use it. That's what she said. <laughs> all right. You know the segment. I give quick questions, not impressions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we never make it an end or minute, except for last episode, but there was no hoopla behind it. I wanted like some like confetti. I wanted a, a thing on the- You didn't go to the after party? What after party? There was an after party, man. And of course, I don't get invited. And you didn't see our Asian friend, hoopla? <laughs> hoopla. Oh, God. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Ready, set, go. All right, name three Marvel heroes besides Wolverine that have the attitude fit for a cowboy. Ralph. Uh, Spider-Man, Captain America, and Hawkeye. Full of shit. Mike. <laughs> You're going to hate my answers even more. Raw High Kid, Two Gun Kid, and the original Ghost Rider. They were all cowboys, <laughs> oh asshole. <my> I should have said somebody that wasn't a cowboy before. Damn. All right. What do you miss more? Marvel Comics treating the X-Men like their top-tier comic, or Marvel Comics having an actual book called the <gasps> Fantastic Four? Mike. I don't even have anything funny to say. I miss the X-Men being relevant. I really miss them. I do too. Ralph? I concur. Absolutely. If Tarantino was named the director of a comic book movie, which comic book movie would it be? Ralph? It had to be any Wolverine retold story because he would be like a great director. That's actually a really good idea. Mike? Um, I think it would be Captain America and his nigger Falcon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> actually, actually, Garth Ennis is the boys is probably what he would do. Wow, that is definitely a good idea. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, time so is up. Close. I was really close. So Deadpool is coming to theaters in February. Yay. Um, what is the estimate of Fox said? Ralph. How long is a chimichanga? How long is a chimichanga? How long is a chimichanga? I have no that idea. That many fucks. Not that many fucks. Wow. <laughs> Mike. Uh, only one, and it's going to be said by me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're reviewing it anyway, so, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. Um, shout outs. Um, any shout outs before I go into my list of shout outs? I already made my shout out. You already made me shout out. Um, Ralph? I'm going to give a shout out to Ralph. Love you, man. Is there anybody else? Always in my corner. I don't like you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody puts Ralph in a corner. <laughs> nope. If you try, he just breaks out. Oh boy! <laughs> Do you even know where that reference is from? Yeah. What? Dirty Dancing. Uh, what a geek! Ooh. What a geek you are! Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 One of his favorite movies, I bet. <laughs> of course. Really? Dirty Have Dancing? you seen that guy dance? No. Holy shit! That guy? You mean Patrick, Patrick Swayze? Swayze? Yeah. Okay, let's refer to him. You mean Roadhouse? <laughs> Roadhouse. You um, mean corpse? <laughs> oh, what? Now it's too soon? No, man. Well, well, at least he let the body get cold. <laughs> wait, wait. There it is. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, you got to find it. Yeah, okay. It's, it's like, you know, like the, the right spot on the G spot. You got to find it. So like, you still having problems with that? Uh, no. Nah, <laughs> I've got so many maps. I can't. No, well, when you watch Dirty Dancing, you know how to find the pussy. Because <laughs> all the pussies are Because it's dirty. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
What, what is a game set match? <laughs> I feel like I'm on Comedy Central's roast. <laughs> oh man, well, after you got him, you deserve that shit. All right, shout outs. Erin. Erin impresses me every time she hears another episode and is able to repeat back the information. Erin is wonderful. She knows I don't mean that. <laughs> shout out to Ruben. You still listening, bro? You better be listening, Ruben. And Jamal, what are you doing? Yeah, well, Jamal, well, actually, don't say that because he, he wanted us to kind of let him know in the next podcast. So that's kind of on us where he, where he is. Oh, we didn't have this podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever, so you didn't miss anything. Whenever you, rec- whenever you download it, it's going to be um, two weeks from then. <laughs> so we actually did a podcast from the future. Exactly. <laughs> um, and last but not least, thank you for Life Podcast. Shout out for um, you guys to, um, putting me, me and my wife on the show. And, of course, my wife upstaging me. <laughs> I, is that really a surprise? No, no, like big time. Like they introduced, you know, um, the cap for me. Well, twenty-two pages later, they actually said my name. Um, no, no, they actually said the cap, and then they say Gigi. And Gigi's first statement out the box is something like, "Motherfucking N-word." And of course, I followed up with saying, "And she's the classy one." You should have just gone one, two. Stop. She's as classy as Fred Blassie. Wow. Hopefully, she doesn't look like Fred Blassie in a couple of years. I just want to say, Bosh and Cheyenne, thank you very much for having me on the show. I can't wait to um, do it again. Hope to get you guys on the show because I know that, like I said before, wrestling and comics are very similar. You got to one day get into it. Oh, that's what it was. Johannes, we're finally friends on Facebook. It took us fucking long enough. He doesn't like me. That's a hint, Johannes. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah, but I had to bust his balls on Instagram for that. <laughs> he was like, we aren't friends. <laughs> He just like, didn't want to be associated with you. I barely want to be associated with you. you got that right. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Uh, th- th- there's, a, there's a lot of things that are coming up that you'll make, make change your mind. Like that stripper I have hiding in the closet. Okay. We're friends now. Yeah. Nobody told him that it was the midget. <laughs> the midget male stripper with the Tom Selleck mustache. <laughs> I just know how you like it. <laughs> you know me so well. Yeah, you know you want some... Nah, I won't say that. <laughs> I'll just say something else. <laughs> But that's it for our show. Well, I guess it? we will have Tom Cruise on this thing. <laughs> 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 All right. So, okay, so for MFG Mike, the finance guy, and RT Square, we're off the tech. This is the cap saying, keep it geeky. And countdown to Batman v Superman is on. How anxious are you? We'll see Deadpool first. <laughs> <laughs>